0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC.
1: Eh, hey, Macarena. I don't know why I thought that, actually. I just had this thing about, you know, that song, The Macarena. I don't know, I just thought, The Macarena. I was thinking of these two old men doing The Macarena, and I thought, how cute at their time of life, you know, 60 and near death, to actually get into the music charts and it to go viral around the world. Which reminds me, uh, George Michael's got a new single out which I think Chris Evans is playing on his show. They were doing this before he... Obviously, before he died, didn't do it. After he died. And Niall Rogers did it, and they've now got the finished result, and so it's going to be aired this morning. I'm told it's actually quite good. I've not heard it. Also, there's a new number one in the charts. I don't know what I'm telling you this for, because we've only just discovered that... um, What's her name? Megan McKenna. Megan McKenna, who's been on a reality show, has been doing a show about Nashville, and her record has gone to number one in the charts, knocking off Taylor Swift. So we've played a bit of it. It's multi-tracked and everything else. It's uh please God it's just a one-hit wonder, of which there have been many, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, I've got an album at home called One Hit Wonders. And it's and it's got it's on the free free podcast. Well, it will be on the free podcast when I when I do that later. But I'll do it later. <laughs> no point in lying, is that? I've done it. <laughs> I've done it already. <laughs> I can't lie about it, honestly. i, I suddenly realised what north I was, What are you saying, Steve? It's like when I when I when I do the podcast. And I go, as I said earlier on in my programme, thinking, I haven't done the programme yet. I haven't done it. And then sometimes we don't, <laughs> because I forget about it. Kind of everything, can you? Anyway, it's one of those programmes, it's a bit lackadaisical, it's sort of, we sort of wander. Sometimes we go down a particular route, and then other times we kind of turn into a cul-de-sac and stay there for a little while. Uh, so what's life like for George's first day at school? You won't believe this. Each day starts with a handshake. For lunch, they have pui lentils lentils for lunch. And then there's ballet, which I believe is compulsory. But homework is not compulsory. What sort of school does that? Starting each day with a handshake. I quite like that. You know, in, in a strange sort of way. I, I quite like that as well. Uh, there's also the backlash. Where it's come from, I've got no idea. Over the mag chat. Cut the interviews. Megan, they've said. This is Megan Markle. This is the one who... I've, I've got a £20 bet going on with um, with somebody in the newsroom. A £20 bet that she will, I say she will not get married to Prince Harry, and uh, other people are saying, no, she will definitely get married to Prince Harry. I say, I don't think he's the marrying kind. The only reason they're actually at each other's places, um, you know, doing whatever they they do, jigsaws and and the like, and painting by numbers, uh, is because they don't see each other very often. If he saw her every single day, he'd be bored out of his tiny, because that's what he's like. When he's had girlfriends who've lived over here, this is Prince Harry, incidentally, in case you're not following it. Um, he's he's been with them within a few months. He gets bored. He's seen out with them a couple of times. They uh, they go back to Kensington Palace, here in after known as the Love Nest. Because let's face it, they've all been bedded there, haven't they? I mean, I've, you know, every single one of them has been back there. So I'm assuming they've not been invited back to pick wallpaper uh, designs out or sort of make some curtains for him. No, they've gone back for a bit of hours, your father, because he's just a normal red blood, sorry, blue blooded person. I well, do blue blooded people do it differently. OK, ready? Ready. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But anyway, so, I mean, that's why I think if he sees her every single day and she gets bored because what, what can she do here? She's an actress. We're not going to put her on British television because she'll then be a member of the royal family. So basically she kind of disappears into obscurity unless they're going to sort of send her out to do things that, uh, you know, Kate and William do. But it's not quite the same, is it? I think, you know, that's why I think things will, will change if they get to that stage that they marry. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I'm more than happy to pay my £20 over to Theo Ashwood. More than happy to pay the £20. He said to me, he said, he said if you just want a, you know, a normal bet without the money. I said, no, no, no. We've, we've, we've said we're going to do 20 quid. Although, actually, I thought it was a fiver. But anyway, it's magically crept up to £20. But I put the money aside in an interest-bearing account so I can make something out of it. And um, hello. All right this morning? Good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. And um, did you did you eat your, your thing yesterday? Your little your sesame. You like those, don't you? Oh, oh, they're all right now. God, I tell you, you are ungrateful, really. At Christmas, you just go, oh, God, not another Bentley. Uh, haven't we got something else? You know, it's like the woman on the on the, the show in America and they went, you've won a house. And she went, oh, God, I wanted the spade. You know, and it, because it just becomes a little bit, you know, one, once you've got everything, two lifts and a concierge, basically, you don't need anything else, do you? I mean, your life is almost as perfect as it becomes. All he needs is Bentley Bear. Bentley Bear. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, you haven't really got Bentley Bear in the back of the car. I said, I have. Absolutely. I said, of course I have. It was a Christmas present and I'm always grateful for any Christmas presents. I like Christmas presents. I like the actual, I like giving people presents and then watching the excitement on their face when they open it and discover it's something they don't want. So I always make sure that they want it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give people a present just for the sake of giving a present. Uh, It's always, What? It's always got to be something that people want. So I, I like to I like to be thoughtful about them. Generally, it's a bottle of booze and some money or something like that. That's what I generally do round here. Um, everybody's got different things that they do. What are you doing? Finding Bentley Bear? <laughs> it's lovely. He's about. He's sort of a decent-sized teddy bear. He's not huge. He's obviously not something you win at the fun fair. What are you saying? I nearly lip-read that. What was that? It looks crap or something. Did I hear you say? It? No. Uh, I saw your lips moving. I was not too sure. He's nice, though, isn't it? I mean, he's, he's dressed up. I might bring him in one day, actually, so you can, you can admire him. Although, to be honest with you, he's, he, he does not venture outside the car at all. He doesn't go off walking. Um, but he's, he's quite cute. I'm not normally into things like that. I've been to the bear factory before. You've been to the bear factory. That's where you can go and you pick a bear and then they stuff him in front of your eyes, which always is entertaining. And, uh, and then you can dress them up in whatever outfits you like. And I quite like that idea. I know people think it's a bit corny. But I, I think kids like teddy bears. You know, when, when, when people are sort of... People, what? I could tell you're saying something. Is he upset? He's, he's upset by the... He's only 40 quid. I thought that was quite cheap. There's a... Oh, Birkin. Birkin teddy bear is 40 pounds. I think 40 sounds... Have you ever seen the, uh, the Harrods bears that come out every year? They're really nice. They're really nice. I've got a Stife... Paddington Bear, which a friend of mine sold a while ago. Well, not my one. He sold his own one. I think he got nearly £200 for it. We didn't pay £200. How much does a, a Stife Paddington go for now? Because I've got Stife Paddington. I've got Stife Piglet. I've got quite quite a few Stife things. Still in the box. I, don't take, I know you're supposed to take them out and play with them, but these are for investment. Then a friend of mine said, what are you keeping them for? And I said, I don't know. I've got loads of things like that, investment sort of stuff. And I think, why don't I just sort of sell it? Oh, Stife Paddington. So how much is that one now? £189. Wow. Surface washable. Yeah. It's, uh, he's nice, actually. I like that. From the Stife Paddington Bears range. How many are there in the range? There's a whole range of Paddington Bears. But mine, mine's still in his box. And he's got his little Wellingtons, and he's got his little hat. I've, I'm, I'm not really into teddy bears. I'm not a teddy bear person. I don't do sort of... oh. I don't do soft, cuddly toys. Oh, there's a cheaper one there, 75 quid. What's the difference, I wonder? Waving Paddington and walking Paddington. You see, I think Paddington... I don't know if Paddington's supposed to have Wellington boots on. Is he supposed to have Wellington boots? I can't remember. I can't remember from the books whether or not Paddington had, um, had boots on. I just know that his Aunt Lucy was in the Home for Retired Bears in Lima, which I thought was quite sweet. And, uh, no, he didn't. He didn't have... Um, he didn't have boots on, so there you go. have to make sure you buy a... If you're going to buy a bear, make sure he hasn't got Wellington boots on, because that's not Paddington. Paddington doesn't have Wellington boots. But if you think you can make some money out of it, then go for the Wellington boot one. But he's nearly £200 here, which is a lot of money. Uh, there's a couple in the paper today, lovely couple, sitting down, watching television, looking at their big picture windows. obviously a, a 1940s house, 50s house. And uh, they're not... What's he said about Bentley Bear? What's it? Well, yeah, but he, he is he is fully dressed. He is he is no he's 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 got a cap on because he's he's like a, a mechanic. So um, no, it no. Oh, what's that one? Oh, no, m- mine's in mine's in blue or is it grey? One of the two. Yeah, and and that's mo- motorsport teddy bear. No, m- mine's definitely Bentley bear. But he's he's got all the outfit on. Compl- what? I can't believe he's taking the Michael out of my, my Bentley Bear, He's lovely. I mean, he's he's really cute. Everybody likes him who sees him. I might bring him in tomorrow, actually, get him to attack you. He's, um, no, he, he he's actually much... I mean, we're sort of quickly whizzing through the page. We found him yesterday. How come we found him yesterday? That's him. That's him there. That's that. Oh, you like that one, do you? Yeah, because you feared waking up to a hospital food, didn't you? I can tell. Yeah, all of a sudden you backtrack. Oh, that one looks okay. Yeah, he's he's cute. He's I mean, he really is. He's Bentley <laughs> got his little cap on and his little dungarees and he's got the Bentley logo on there. He's cute. And I'm not even into cute things. I mean, I'm seriously not. You want to see the people I work with, you know, cute would not be describing it. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to be rude about it. But, you know, let's face it. There's not much looking in this department, is around here. There's not, you know, none of us are lookers. Come on, come on. Sit there go. I can see Julian go. well, actually, I think I'm of good looking. I? <laughs> I think you look like Bentley Bear. <laughs> I think he's cute. I think he's cute. I mean, he doesn't, I mean, I have to point, point this out to you, Julian. He doesn't actually work on the car. OK, he said, said it's just a stuffed bear. That's all he does. But he he's very, I'm going to bring him in tomorrow. You can all see him. And you can all be introduced to him. Yeah, we could take a picture. Yeah, he's, he's really cute. When my brother, gave, I've had him for about four years. And, but he doesn't go anywhere apart from the car or the boot. He just <laughs> sits there. And because in the back seat, I've got an, an arm... Like an armrest you pull out in the middle to separate the... So it could become two seats in the back as opposed to one long bench seat. And he sits in that in that bit there. But now i found out how much... My, I think my brother must have paid less. Because it was a few few years ago. Nice, though, isn't it, when you've got things like that. You must have toys at home that, you know, your parents had or they sort of passed them on. I remember buying... Um, um, a penguin for my mother years ago for... Why? I've got no idea. I suppose as a child you buy things. And he was called Snowflake. And he's a little penguin, but he's got a woollen hat on and a scarf. And he looks really cute, but he was called Snowflake. And uh, and we, we've still got him. My mother used to have all these stuffed toys sitting on a chair in her bedroom. And uh, so we still got him. I don't throw anything out like that. As far as I'm concerned, if it was your parents, you hang on to it. So I've got the furniture. Well... I've got half of it. My brother's got the rest of it. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, the Queen's Bentley's up for sale. Oh, you've got a Pika, Pikachu Pokemon. Really? How big? How big? Is it? About three foot six, is it? Really? Do you know? I never got into Pokemon. I can't even remember what it is. It's a it's a, a Japanese cartoon game thing. Do they speak? They they don't. Oh right, they don't speak in it. Oh, in the series, but the toy doesn't. Fifty-four... Sixty-four pounds. Fifteen. Oh, that's all right. Tenner. Okay, Julian, confession time from you. What have you got? What have you got out of all these... Right. Did you have any toys in your bedroom? Do you have sort of something that would sit on the bed or... Clifford the Big Red Dog. Wait a minute. That was a cartoon, wasn't it? On the television. You've got a Clifford the Big Red Dog. I seem to remember seeing that on the television from some years ago. And... So here he is, Clifford the Big Red Dog, and there's a toy as well that goes with it. He's educational, and it was from the, uh, it ran up until 2003. You must have had it for ages then. You must have had it for ages. And you can actually, oh, from about five, right. You've still kept that. Right. You've noticed I haven't taken the uh, Michael at all out of you. I'm trying to, no, yes you did, you sniggered. You sniggered. You distinctly sniggered when you saw Bentley Bear. Oh, the scruffy one. I quite like the big red dog. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite into that. I think that's quite nice. I'll I tell you who else I like. Winnie the Pooh. And yet we, we discussed the other day that Winnie the Pooh in the original books was completely different. He was a much thinner bear and with a pointy nose. He only became a little bit rotund later when he'd been eating loads and loads of honey. You're
0: listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have you come to. Oh, so the couple... So they're sitting in their, uh, in their sitting room and they're watching television and there are a couple who like to watch television. They have the curtains open because nobody really closes curtains nowadays, do they? Well, not many people. And, um, and they look out and all of a sudden the view's gone. They've got a blooming virgin box outside there which is grey and practic- it obliterates their view. And apparently it's all perfectly legal. Virgin don't need to seek planning permission. But you'd have thought somebody would have had a little bit of common sense, wouldn't you? Come on, Mr Branson, you can sort this out, you know, and and sort of not put it so that when they look out their window, they're an elderly couple, they've actually got something to look out to, not a blooming great big virgin box. Oh, it's ridiculous. I know they don't need planning permission, but somebody somewhere must have had a brain cell and they must be thinking about it. Why's that gone there? Wait a minute. Uh, eight, what am I doing here? I don't know what I'm doing, actually. I, I think I've, I've sort of lost the, I've lost my, my texts. Have I done this or has somebody else done this? I don't know whether I've done it. I can never tell in the studio. Wait a minute, let me, let me see if I can do it. Oh, I found it. I found it. I've done it myself. I've done it myself. That's absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? It's twice I've managed to do things all by myself. Uh, somebody says, do you have a plastic red nose at the front of the car? No. Why would I have that? No, I don't have a poppy either. I still see people driving around with poppies on the front of their cars. And uh, somebody says, I went Christmas shopping yesterday, Steve. Managed to get a few bargains. The advice is, get in early, wrap the presents, and then when December comes, you'd go and enjoy the festivities. Go ice skating and drink mulled wine and laugh. Yes. I mean, I, I mean I'm not saying you should start wrapping things now, Kim. I think that's a, a little bit too soon to wrap. Although I do enjoy the process of wrapping. I do my, my wrapping on my bed. That bizarre. And I bought some paper a few years ago, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning paper, and I suddenly realised that the more glam the paper is, the less chance there is of cellar tapes sticking it together. So I then got glue dots, and then that didn't work, so I bought a glue gun. And you can have amazing fun with a glue gun. I'll lend it to you, Julie, when you wrap my present for Christmas, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring the paper in for you and everything else. Do you give Christmas presents? Do you do Christmas presents? Oh, great, fantastic. I'll do you a list. Okay, there'll be a list of shops that you have to go to. One will be Joe Malone's, the other will be Ben Penhalligan's, okay, and the other one will be the Bentley Bear Shop, okay, to try and maybe get a companion for Bentley Bear. So there's a motor. Oh, I don't want a motorsport one. That makes you look like a petrol head if you have a motorsport bear. I don't want. I don't want something like that. And then you, in turn, you give me your list for what you want for Christmas, and I totally ignore it. <laughs> I can't remember what I gave you for Christmas last year. What did I give you for Christmas? L- money. You see, money. So. It does the job, doesn't it? It's so easy. Just give money to people because people are very appreciative of money. So for you, sesame snaps. <laughs> whole box of sesame snaps. <laughs> Not quite as exciting. You get a whole box of them for a fiver. I was amazed, actually, how, how cheap they are. But, but quite delicious. Uh, so, um, Katie Price cancels her tour dates um, for the reason she says that her mother is terminal. Now, normally... Normally, if somebody's terminal, it's an illness. And, and as I say, my mother died of, uh, of secondary cancer. She was terminal. Uh, she went to see the consultant and she said to me, she said, I knew it was back. I knew it had come back. You can just you can just tell. And um, and so she was three months uh, from from diagnosis of the secondary cancer to her dying. It was literally it was as fast as that. So in the case of Katie Price's mother, she, she's got an illness and they've said it's terminal but it's not fast. It's between three to five years. So that's actually quite a long time. There are people who've probably got other illnesses. And they'll they'll probably go before that. So three to five years. So in between dealing with the divorce, which actually I don't think is any hardship for her at all. She can't wait to get rid of him. Um, she's now got her mother, who is... I don't know how old her mother is. I think she's she's fairly old, isn't she? She's, I mean, she looked to me as if she was maybe mid-60s. I say fairly old. Good God. I mean, I'm... Well, anyway. And... Um, or is she older than than sixties? I can't remember actually whether or not she's uh, she's older than sixties. Difficult to find out. I'm having a quick look, sixty four. Oh right, sixty. Oh well, sixty four is not very old at all, is it? So she's she's got between three and five years. So Katie Price, who thinks she's got her own television program, goes on there, puts puts her mother on, and uh, although whether or not the pictures were from some time ago and they've just sort of put it back on again, I don't know, but they've uh, sort of said uh, she's going to cancel the tour dates at the moment and then re, re-put them on in November. I don't quite see the purpose of that. You know, what what's the difference between now and November? Because if her mother's got, you know, minimum three years left, three to five years, they don't know. You have to watch a, an illness. And so I don't know whether or not it was wise Cancer, Of course, the fact she had loads of seats left might have had something to do with it. And so uh, with the uh, divorce which I think she talks about, Kieran, on stage, to the few people that bother turning up to these things. So I'd be very surprised if they reschedule. Very surprised. Because presumably, if her mother's got a terminal illness, she's going to go through various stages. By, by November, she might not be very well at all. We don't know. You really don't know. It can be anything up to three years. 84850, oh, Steve, at lbc.co.uk. Dean says, I thought Jacob Rees-Mogg's comments were already well known. I've known of his beliefs when he made comments on, uh, on a documentary. Yes, I thought so as well. I thought so as well. And um, he he says he's uh, completely opposed to abortion, including in cases of rape or incest. He said it was morally indefensible. He says life is sacrosanct and begins at the point of conception. Why is it people want to preach to us? Why is it that people want to patronise us and tell you something about, you know, you and your body? He says, I'm a Catholic. Well, good, you can be a Catholic. Nobody's complaining about that. But keep your views to yourself. He's also been asked his views on same-sex marriage, which, of course... He opposes, you know, because he's a Catholic. And yet I know loads of gay Catholics. Let me tell you, it's a veritable fairyland over there in Vatican City, ladies and gentlemen, that make no mistake about it. But it's just we don't talk about it. OK, so asked whether his opposition applied in cases of pregnancies resulting from rape or incest, he says, I'm afraid so. He says that uh, women's abortion rights under UK law were not going to change. He said that the party was more tolerant of religious views than the Liberal Democrats, whose former leader Tim Farron quit after facing repeated questions about his views on gay sex. What is it in people's sexuality that worries people nowadays? He says it's all very well to say we live in a multicultural country until you're a Christian, um, until you hold the traditional views of the Catholic Church, and that seems to me fundamentally wrong. People are entitled to hold these views. Yes, you are, but don't go on television talking about it, don't spouting about it, you're alienating everybody. Spokesman ter- for Theresa May says the PM did not agree with Mr Rees-Mogg, but said it was a long-standing principle that abortion was a matter of conscience for individual MPs to decide on. I mean, people like this, you see them sitting on the television pontificating, telling you how to run your life. Well, Mr Rees-Mogg, as they say in the business, OK? Not interested in your views on homosexuality, not interested in your view. Just keep your views to yourself, and that way you don't make yourself out to be the biggest prat under the sun, OK? It makes it easier that way. Because otherwise, you know, you're going to get trolled. You know you're going to get trolled. People are going to write all sorts of things to you. Chris in South Croydon says, uh, ain't Pooh Bear the greatest? Yes, I, I actually, uh, I like Pooh Bear. But he doesn't, he, he's changed completely. If you look at early teddy bears, the early teddy bears, um, named after, was it Teddy Roosevelt, I think, um, they look completely different. Their faces were very, very harsh. Very, you know, they looked like lean bears. But yet, when you see Pooh Bear later on, they've sort of rounded him off. So he's now, he's a very content bear. I mean, as he sort of ages, I suppose, slowly but surely. He sort of sits there and eats his honey and does it. He just sort of wanders about doing his own little thing. But the early bears looked a bit mean. I thought so. I thought so. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We feature all your uh, texts and emails, unless you're a complete buffoon. In which case, you just disappear to the sin bin. And you can write as often as you like, like James... He says, uh, are you going to discuss Christmas every day until January? Sure am. Sure am. And actually, yes, it, it says, hi, Alan. Yeah, well, if, if you could learn to spell James, I'm assuming you're living in uh, in some sort of squat in Fulham. I think he thinks I'm called Alan. Poor soul, honestly. He lives in Fulham, but obviously he's not one of the well-heeled ones in Fulham. He's obviously one of the dimbos that we've managed to find. And uh, somebody says, um, do I listen to the Steve Allen show or another one on another radio station? Both coming on at 11 p.m. Well, you make up your mind on that one. I am not. I never enter into competitions with other radio presenters. It's of no interest to me whatsoever. I have the biggest audience, and that's the end of it. And, and on DAB, I think we're the third biggest in the world on DAB at this, for this, this uh, time slot. But I never enter into a competition. It's not a competition as far as I'm concerned. I never think, oh, I'm, in, I'm competing with other presenters in the building because everybody's got people who like them. And so it doesn't make any difference. I just happen to have more. So other stories in the papers today. Uh, The Brits and the celebs trapped in the health storm. 200 mile an hour winds, the worst hurricane ever. It happens every so often, doesn't it? Every so often you get a hurricane that comes in and and it batters places and you watch it and you think, thank God I'm not there. But also people go there. I think we are in hurricane season, aren't we? It just depends on what the severity is. But we are in hurricane season. So if you book to go to these uh, places maybe for Christmas, James, or something like that, you know, take your own Christmas presents out there, you know, then that would be a slight problem. You should be warned. In fact, they did a programme on the television the other day about the great storm that we had. Do you remember when Michael Fish, was it Michael Fish, got it all wrong? Because they were relying on a computer to tell them that the storm would hit, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything to worry about. The next day, pictures of uprooted trees. And one of the newsreaders went on and did an interview with Ian McCaskill and said, well, you lot weren't much good, were you? But of course, they don't know anything about it. They just rely on a computer programme to tell them that there is a storm on the way. It just, they weren't prepared for the magnitude of it. So literally around our way, we had trees uprooted. I mean, seriously, I had to take the umbrella down on the patio. I'd have to go down immediately. Well, nothing like that happening. Goodness sake. Goodness sake. Uh, Rita Ora, another picture of the one slumped in the back of a car. Loads of publicity, very little action as far as I'm concerned. Uh, also, what was the other one? Oh, yes. I quite liked the idea that the Queen's these up for sale. They've taken off everything to do with, with the Queen. The badges and everything else. But it's, uh, it's a very nice car. Worth about 180000 do you think she's got a Bentley? No. Do you know what they're also selling? One of Queen uh, Princess Margaret's old cars as well, an old Rolls Royce. So that's coming. I think Bonhams are doing it. I'll tell you about it a bit later on. Uh, Colleen uh, Rooney has gone in the paper. Says, "Who says it's all fine with me and Wayne, darling? We're just speculating." I think you'll get back with him. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I could probably do a pound on that one. But I think you will get back together. We've also found Britain's laziest traffic warden. He took a two-hour break in Subway and sat down at a bus stop for a rest. And then he's on his phone the rest of the time. We'll name and shame on this programme this morning.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 26 minutes to five. It's Steve Allen with you until seven o'clock this morning. Uh, I'm driving my camper van, Doris up to uh, someplace Leclade-on-Thames on Saturday. Going to visit the Christmas shop there and get some decorations. I'm very excited, says Siobhan, and so you should be. I used to love going, and it was only because I, and I did it uh, on a couple of occasions when I worked out in Vienna. I used to go out to Vienna and work on the radio out there for about six weeks a year. I took my holiday, went out there and worked on the radio. It's, it's like a busman's holiday kind of thing. But I used to love it at Christmas Christmastime. Uh, for one reason, you could almost guarantee snow in Vienna. And the Chris Kindlemarkt, which was in front of the uh, the Parliament building, the rat house that they have there, was delightful. All these little wooden stalls, like the ones we have over here on the South Bank, but over there it looks better when you've got snow. And And they did all the Christmas decorations and everything was shiny and glitchy. It was lovely, seriously lovely, but with the snow on the ground even better. But they used to do these, apart from the sausages, with sausages with the cheese in and stuff like that, they used to do grapes and strawberries uh, um, threaded onto a stick and then dipped in toffee. They would dip them in this toffee. Oh, it was delicious. Seriously, the stuff they used to... I know people say Vienna for cakes, but to be honest with you, you get exactly the same cakes over here in Patisserie Valerie. It's no different in, uh, in Vienna. They're, it's almost exactly the same. And the coffee houses, which they're famous for, there's, uh, there's a very famous one, literally in front of their Parliament building, called Café Landmann. And you sit there, and people read the papers, and the Austrians take all day. They seriously, there is no rush to move them on. They had a bit of a problem in McDonald's when it first opened. Firstly, they didn't want big flashing signs saying McDonald's, so they just were allowed to have the M and it was discreetly placed. But of course, they would get little old ladies going in there, sitting down at a table and staying there for most of the day. And they had to adapt very quickly because McDonald's is fast food. You go in there, can I help you? Can I help you? And you buy your thing and then you disappear out. No, not the little old ladies. They said that you can get a beer in McDonald's over there and a cup of coffee. And so they, they they would sit there. It was cheaper than the other places. The other places, El Dusha, uh, which used to do coffee, which was really really cheap, uh, because they did it so that they hope you'd buy the coffee afterwards. But uh, I used to love it over there. I thought it was, it was I thought it was a lovely place, lovely place. My friend Paul Hollingdale lived there for many 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 years. He set up this uh, radio station, and uh, it was it was lovely. Happy days, very happy days. Different different way of life over there. You could go into any restaurant in Austria any restaurant you didn't have to buy any food you could just have a drink so you could sit at a table and have a drink and it was it was like very civil and also there was no automatic tills in my day when i went over there instead the waitress would come over and she used to have a, like a bum bag on with the money in there and you would tell her what you'd had to eat and she would tell you how much it costs. she would know the cost of it, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, and so she tell you, and then you just pay the money, so it was all done on trust, everything was done on trust, very clean place, dirty at night time, but clean during the day time if you 've never been it 's very interesting. you can take a fiaker and go round you know the hall like we 've got you know in london we seem to have all the same things in London that they had in in Vienna. Uh, Peter says regarding katie price 's famous tour, better to cancel the tour than perform to empty audiences. yeah, I mean, she had seats available for everything. Brighton was a bit of a complete disaster for her. Uh, But I did predict I predicted that they'll 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 come up with a with something to get her out of doing it. And of course, ironically, it turns out to be the divorce from uh, from Kieran and then her mother becoming ill. But she could have done it. I mean, she really could have done it because that's what she talks about on stage. She talks about her life. So why she'd want to cancel a tour because her mother's ill. I would have thought she'd go on stage and talk about it. She's talked about Kieran, she's talked about all the other husbands, why not? She's doing it on the television at the moment. What's the difference between doing it on stage? In other words, it's, um, it's a bit of a cop-out, really. She should have done it. You know, to talk about cancelling and then rescheduling in November is ridiculous. Luckily, I've seen right through it. Have you got the magic sweeper yet? No, I haven't. They have charged my, my credit card. It was an advert. I mean, they were on the television. It's an advert on the television. I mean, I saw the blooming thing and then went to their website and found it. And uh, but I can't remember the blasted website. And it's not in my in the history of my computer, which is a shame. So uh, I've written down the name of the company that we've got on the the credit card. But there's some letters that come after it because I think one of them was direct marketing. But then I think there's something that comes after it that signifies it goes from this company to another company because direct marketing appears to have nothing to do with sweepers, which it's I mean, it's, it's such a pain, But whatever it is, they've got 50 quid of my money and they're not having it. And if I have to expose them or Because I just want my things. I can't understand why i placed an order and it's not arrived. And I paid for next day delivery. So not a happy bunny. So I don't think it's a scam. I just think I need to find them and go, excuse me, where are my goods? Which you've already charged for, but uh, if necessary. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Marky says, how is Kim Jong-un's hairdresser still alive? Gordon knows. A miracle in itself. I mean, he's the only one who's got this funny haircut, isn't he, in the country? Oh, look, there we go. Some people marching through North Korea. It's all just a bit of show, isn't it? It's all this sort of... They're they're trying to make themselves into a world power. Apparently, there are more sanctions coming in. They've now frozen all his assets. He looks like he should have his assets frozen. And they've stopped him travelling as well. So Kim Jong-un cannot travel outside the country. Um, presumably they'll bury him there as well I should imagine, like his father it's all a little bit worrying Uh, Matt says, I was in Florida this time last year feel very sorry for the people I met last year I feel lucky in not being there yeah, I've been to Florida, it's way too hot Florida isn't it, when you go in the middle of summer I don't know how people cope, the heat is, is just unbearable absolutely unbearable, not so good The best bear ever is Baloo from the Jungle Book I've got a giant one from the Disney store sitting on my bed, says Kim. Husband keeps trying to bin him. I tell you the ones that made me laugh is the ones that you get at the fun fairs, where they're absolutely enormous, and you see people staggering out of Winter Wonderland at carrying these bears. You know, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? I mean, I'm not sure if they think that we're looking at them being jealous that they've won a giant bear that's bigger than they are. You know, the kids look at it and go, where do you think that's going? And, and they're huge. You don't see that. I'm sure it's somebody who works for the fair. They give it. Just walk around with this. People think you won it. It's it's called a little bit of. Um, it's great till you get it home and you suddenly realise because it looks small at the. Well, it doesn't look small. They look quite big, I think, at the fun fair. We see them here. You have all these things. Can can you get your balls? Uh, sorry, can you you know you throw a ball <laughs> into this basket? That'd be a trick, wouldn't it? Yeah, another one. Uh, actually, reminds me of a joke about a lion, but I can't tell you that one at this time of the morning either. I'm not I don't do jokes. This is not one of those sort of programs where I go, I say, I say, I say, I don't do anything like that. But sometimes something funny pops into your mind. and, And before you know where you are, you've repeated it. You don't want to do it. It's kind of unintentional. And then you sit there thinking, oh, my God. I, 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 my indicator is the producer. If he's laughing the other side, then I've got a rough idea that you might be laughing at home. Or going, I can't believe he's just said that. I can't believe he's just said that. Uh, so George Michael's got a new single out, uh, produced by Niall Rogers. And how long is it? Is it nine, eight months? Christmas Day that he died. Oh, dear. I can remember that so well because I was working and I can remember they phoned me up and said uh, George Michael's died. And so we, we turned the whole programme over to, uh, to George Michael uh, for a number of reasons. Firstly, because we were all so shocked that George Michael had died. We knew about the drugs, we knew about his sort of lifestyle, but that didn't seem to make any difference. I never I never recorded him for in conversation. I met him once when we were in another building. I remember thinking he's very slim, very slim. He had uh, he had his own demons, he had his own problems, but even so we weren't expecting him to die. It's as simple as that. And uh, so when he did die, it was a shock, but the amazing thing was the amount of people that we spoke to on Christmas Day who'd um who'd sort of encountered him and and, and we're talking about how generous he was, and things like that. And he was very generous to us here in this building for sort of charity, which was uh, which was lovely, you know. <laughs> John Maloney, listening in Abu Dhabi, he says, "You're in fine form," and I know the lion gag. I knew you would. I always tell people, John, about uh, about going to your gigs. Always tell people about going to your gigs and all the rest of it. And he used to start off. He say, uh, "What did he say?" He used to say. I, I I hit a, hit a rabbit on the way here tonight. He said it just sat in front of the car, so I got out and punched it. <laughs> this this gag he would repeat, and I remember thinking, fantastic! I wish I, I I wish I had the ability to stand on a stage and have the and have the the confidence to actually be funny. But it, it doesn't it doesn't kind of work like that. You're either funny or you're not funny. But John and I go back. God, many many years, many men. I can't remember how many years it is, but it's a long time, a long time. I like the idea, you know, the lion Gang. <laughs> I'd love to tell it. I just wonder, actually, what you're allowed to say on the radio because we don't appear to have a uh, a watershed, do we? There isn't there isn't a watershed on radio. I think all the time we we are supposed to we're supposed to keep something in moderation, but then you think I. And more so when there are sort of children likely to be listening, which basically at the moment could be any time. But I remember on that morning, Anthony Costa from Blue phoned in. He was in the car. He was going somewhere and he phoned because I was with him when we saw George Michael. He'd come in to be interviewed by me. And uh, and then Boxing Day, we did the show about George Michael's death because the, the news broke late on uh, on Christmas Day. But that was one of those strange things. I mean, the, uh, the amount of people who who listen to the radio, especially over Christmas, because people are travelling to relatives backwards and forwards. I'm assuming that John Maloney is doing a a gig out there in uh, in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> we do go back a long way. <laughs> Seriously, it always amazes me. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who sort of looks after my my accounts. I know. I said that to somebody the other day. They said, and they said, you've got more than one account. As of course I've got more than one account. I'm self-employed. I've got um, got about four accounts. I have a tax account, which means that I keep my money in, in the tax account, so it's there for when the tax man comes a-knocking. And then I've got uh, another account with an online bank. Then I've got a Scottish account, because I got worried that they were going to sell Royal Bank of Scotland and I was going to become Spanish, and I wasn't keen on that idea, so I started shoving money up into Scotland. So we've got an account there, so if, if it all goes belly-up down here, we can shove it all up in Scotland. And, uh, and then I've got the, uh, the RBS stuff, which I've had because I was William & Glynn's. So I've kind of sort of evolved. I wish it was going to go back to William & Glynn's, but it doesn't look very likely at the moment. And so quite a number of accounts, you know, household account, business account, spending account. Also, sort of, you just end up with lots of things. There's nothing flash about it, but she reminded me the other day. She said, when did your mum die? Well, oh, I can't remember things like that. So I had to ask my brother. And he said, well, actually, it's almost 25 years to the day. 25 years, which, I mean, to me, seems like, blimey. I can remember it, pff, as you do, things like that. You remember remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, 25 years, she said, do you realise I've known you for more than 25 years? And I went, oh, God. Why do people want to remind you of that, because it makes you feel really old, doesn't it? More than 25 years. And I'll tell you where I first met her, in Joe Allen's. She was working for the bank, and then she sort of, she came... For some reason, I took her out for lunch. can't remember what that was about. Anyway, and uh, then, gosh, um, I wish I could tell you some of those conversations. But uh, Joe Allen's has now moved, and I'm going to it, actually, very, very shortly. So, because I've not been back yet. I've been going there for 35, 40 years, and uh, still not been back. So, I'm looking forward to that. So, I'll let you know. We'll do a review on it, let you know just how uh, good it is. Susan calman has got a column in the Daily Mirror today. Apparently, she likes Little Mix. Whatever. Whatever. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. You remember that person who wrote in to me a moment ago saying, who would you rather listen to, Steve Allen or this other presenter called Toby? And Toby's responded and said, personally, I'd listen to Steve, <laughs> which I think is quite nice. Do you know, it's such a it's so odd. You know, we, we were trying to put a finger on this program the other day and trying to work out what it is about this program, because it's not like anything else on LBC. We don't, we don't do phone-ins or anything like that, mainly because it's, it's five o'clock in the morning, for God's sake, and the only people that you're going to be talking to are people who are heavily medicated. And, and to be honest with you, it's bad enough with me being heavily medicated without a heavily medicated person talking to somebody who's heavily medicated or they've just raised themselves up in the hospital bed. John Maloney reminds me of how long we've, uh, we've known each other. He said, at least, at least 27 years can't be. Can it really? 20, 27 years. Good Lord. 27 years. He says, the first time we actually met, I'd bought a dress from Woolies for my mum. She's she's fine and still asks after you. I met her. I met your mum, didn't I, John? I'm, I'm 99% convinced that I met your mum. But as I say, as we get a little bit older... The mind starts playing, uh, playing tricks, 27 years. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? Because the producer said to me, he said, I turn 27 next month, it's his 27th birthday. In other words, I started doing this programme and John, you were working and he wasn't even born. How worrying is that? Why is it that everybody you work with nowadays... I'm not complaining about it. I'm really not complaining about it. Because I, I, I like the idea that you can work with younger people. Because they, they've kind of got a bit more energy. Some of them. And uh, some people don't got any energy at all. And I seem to have more energy than them. Because I'm a morning person. That's what I do. I wake up in the early hours of the morning. And I'm quite happy. There is that time of the day where I just go clunk. Clunk. I spoke to my boss yesterday. He phoned me. But I was on the train. And so I had to send a message back saying it's one of those standard messages which just says I can't talk right now because I don't want to have a conversation on the train in case there's somebody listening to my conversation. And I don't want to do that unless I've won the lottery. And I'm going, um, look at the 28 million pound house. OK, I'll come and have a look at that one. tomorrow. Then you put the phone down and look at everybody looking at you going, we really hate you. You won the lottery. I was talking about my friend Rich earlier on and he's just had a car bill in. something went wrong with his car and he got a bill in. And I think it was about 1,300 quid. He said the car's only worth about that. And the actual part for the car was about 400. The rest of it was labour. And he was, he was not happy about it, which I can well imagine. Well imagine. Because you can't work out labour. I don't know why I've moved on to labour on cars. But anyway, I'm just sort of talking about all the people in this building. Because people come and talk to you. And they're all young. They're all young. This building is full of young. I must look like so old to some of them. But they talk to me. I think probably out of sympathy. There you go, poor old soul. He's still going. But uh, if, if, if Toby recommends listening to this programme, that's OK. I'm going for that one. Thank you very much indeed. Toby with the tattoo. Uh, Steve, a few years ago, I went to Hamburg training and the company took us to the Christmas markets afterwards. Amazing. So pretty. Everything you bought was wrapped beautifully. Yeah, I mean, I, I, love, I love the Christmas markets. They do coach trips over from this country. You can go and do the Christmas markets. Well, actually, they do them in Winchester here. It's not the same. You've got to go to Salzburg. You've got to go somewhere pretty. You know, Salzburg and Austria, Vienna, pretty places. And they do them all over the Dusseldorf, Hamburg, everywhere. Uh, They do them well, but you've got to go to a place where they get snow. It's got to have snow on the ground because it just makes everything look so beautiful. I mean, sometimes you look at pictures and you could just burst into tears. I think Noel Edmonds did one of his Christmas presents and it was with, a, I think, a child who was very, very sick. And uh, mum as well. Um, Mum as well. Um, sorry I've lost track sorry I've lost track uh, said I um, do <laughs> I was talking about now completely lost my that's right Noel Edmonds did this Christmas present thing and it was a very serious little child and the mum and he said uh, he, first of all he, he took them to a football ground and so they sat in the director's box and this little kid was like really excited and then he said and we're we going to go somewhere else now and he said where are we going to go he said we're going to go to a Christmas market, and he flew them to this Christmas market, and they did all the Christmassy stuff, and it was just, it was just delightful. It was absolutely delightful. It was absolutely, no, the most wonderful thing that I'd uh, I'd ever seen, and I. So every year I campaign for that to uh, to come back. Uh, so John, so it's turning into the John Maloney show actually now, which I don't mind. I'm all in favour of that, as you can well imagine. He said um, uh, because his uh, his mum uh, still asks after me. Which is nice, isn't it? Wait a minute, I've lost the blooming thing. He says, yes, you did meet her. You invited her into the studio from the production room live so so she could show me the new dress. (laughs) true. I thought, sometimes, you know, you do... I I meet people and they go, I met you years and years ago. And sometimes I look at them a bit blankly because sometimes I can't remember. And yet, strangely enough, I can remember something with me and John Maloney. I used to go to the Shaw Theatre... To watch John doing his uh, his act, and he came into LBC, God knows how many times. I mean, loads and loads. I mean, he's now moved into a different sphere. He's so much more important now than he was in those early days. But he was he was just there was something about him. He was just cute, and he was funny, and um, and he just he just commanded a stage. He still does now. So there you go, John. That's that's your big big up this morning. Hope the heat's not uh, not too worrying for you. Uh, and then somebody else sent me a thing. Uh, what did I get there? Oh, I got something else actually a minute ago. I got somebody sending me a text saying, I'm not young. I'm not young. Who is that? Who is that? I wonder who that is. Wait a minute. Oh, is that... That's Rich. I think that's Rich. I think it is, actually. I don't know. Wait a minute. I have to check, actually. 20 of us... Yeah, I think we're actually... Richard Stanley King. £3. Oh, right. Who is this from? I hate it when I, I don't put down somebody's name on... You know, sometimes you just get the number in. And it's somebody who has my my number but i can't work out who it is so i have to go back through all of the uh, the emails and the texts at the moment and um oh it is rich <sighs> i need to actually put your name into the thing because all i get is your th- you are young of course you're young god in heaven rich you are absolutely young Compared to me, you are. But then the funny thing is, I was talking to my driver this morning about, you know, getting up in the early hours morning and coming into work if you like doing something. If you love doing it... And I was explaining to somebody the other day because they thought that the newsreaders sit in the studio with me. I said, there's no room. I'm in a little tiny booth-type thing here. I mean, it's, it's, it's ideal size for me, but, you know, it's, it's relatively small compared to the big boys' studio downstairs. Uh, so Nissan have launched this car, which... Uh, was that what Will was talking about earlier on? One pedal for accelerating and braking. How does that work, then? How does it How does it work? You've gone one pedal. Is it one side of it? Is brake and one side's... Acceler- you just... Oh, right, you release your foot and it puts the brakes... Oh, right. Is that just called having an automatic? Because I... Well, I do have a brake, but it's only... But it doesn't... Uh, it, it comes on... I, I don't touch a brake. It just comes on... When I, when I turn the car off the brake is automatically applied. And this works as you're driving. Oh, well, that's a bit worrying. So you're driving down the motorway, and all of a sudden you need to sort of slow down a little bit. So you take your foot off the pedal, and you come to a grinding halt. I don't like the sound of that. I like to be in control of a car. I like to be in control of a car. So I've got an accelerator and a a brake. Uh, And to make sure that you know it's the brake, it's a slightly bigger pedal than the one that's on the right-hand side. But once I put it into gear... I just need to keep my foot on the brake when we stop at traffic lights and then take my foot off the brakes. A friend of mine's just bought a car. He's decided to do one of these things where you pay 200 quid a month and you keep it for four years and then you give it back. And then you take out another car or whatever it happens to be. So you don't own the thing. You're just kind of renting it at 200 quid a month. Uh, And he said to me yesterday, he said, I've only just realised, he said, I bought an automatic. I said, ah, yours isn't automatic, is it? No. You see, the trouble is with an automatic. If you've got a big car, it's fine. If you've only got a little car, it takes away a bit of the power on automatic. I had an automatic Peugeot once. I didn't own it. It was sort of, it was a courtesy car. And, uh, and it was quite slow. I was quite surprised at how sluggish. And somebody said, if it's only a small car with a smallish engine, then you're not going to get the power. Whereas my car's 7 litres, 6.8 litres or something like that, it's fairly powerful. So it doesn't actually make any difference. But on other people's cars, it does make a difference. So I said, are you worried about that? He said, no. Oh, so well, there you go. Then, you know, you don't need, to, don't need to worry about it. Kevin says, no winners again last night for the lotto jackpot. They should put it back the way it was. They should. Because people are, people are giving up on the, uh, on the lottery. And the worst thing is that the good causes are suffering. And that's why they should put it back. Because there haven't been any big winners for ages. You can tell how difficult it is to win when, you know, people are buying tickets and nobody's winning anything. Nobody is, is winning anything. Somebody says, is that the same John Maloney from Fraser? Great actor, played Fraser's grumpy father. I don't think he's old enough for that. <laughs> he's much too young. No, that's, that's John Maloney, the comedian from, uh, from the BBC and other places. And he's over in Abu Dhabi at the moment. Uh, Steve, I thought Bentley Bear, says Grace, came with the car. No, I, I wish. No, nothing comes with the car, not even petrol. You have to put it all in yourself. You don't get... There aren't any free gifts now. Do you know, years ago, you used to get an air freshener and you'd hang it on the... I don't even get that anymore. No, 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 no. Just the smell of leather. <laughs> anyway, right. Moving on. It's the news at five o'clock coming up this morning. at Steve Allen's early breakfast. Uh, so Nissan launching this car. I'm slightly disturbed by this. I shall have to investigate further. Jamie Redknapp goes solo. Very dull man with no friends. He turned up at the GQ awards. They're all going. So where's the where's the wife? So he's got to avoid people who want to talk about that. She's out with Daisy Lowe, her new close friend, as they put it in the papers today. Stormzy apparently is a huge Ronan Keating fan. Well, you've lost all your credibility, haven't you, mate? You really have. Mark Wright over in America mocked for being called a huge star in England. He's from a reality programme. I think we'll, we'll wait and see on that one, shall we? More than half of under-pressure GPs want to close their lists. The 14-year-old boy shot dead. YouTube still let gangs boast online. And he was in a gang.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. And so
1: it's George's first day at school. You can imagine what it's going to be like. Apparently, you do shake hands. But then that's just that he, he's been shaking hands with people for ages, when he was little. And, uh, OK, shake hands. It's Obama. Shake hands. Don't want to. I know he sounds like, uh, you know, just a number of other people. But when you actually look at what what they sort of teach him, he doesn't have to do homework because he's only little. So they don't do homework at that age, do they? Uh, But he does have to do ballet uh, for some reason. And they do have pre lentils for lunch. I don't think they have them every day, because pre-, pre lentils could be a little bit boring, I should imagine. But uh, a couple of the papers have sort of done this sort of rundown on what his life will be like. And, you know, cast your, Well, none of you will remember this kind of thing, will you? You won't remember exactly what it what it is when you go to school at an... I can't remember going to school at an early age. I can look back at cine film and stuff like that, stuff that my parents recorded, but, I mean, I, but I, I don't remember it myself. I've got no idea what school was like. I can't remember first day at school. I can't remember anything about it. I can remember certain lessons, but I don't remember them vividly. I mean, if, if I bumped into half the people I went to school with, I wouldn't have the faintest idea who, who they were, because they're, they're all probably my age... And, and everybody looks different. So even if I put a picture up going, does anybody remember me from school? Nobody would. There is a debating club at this school for five-year-olds. So what they do, yeah, I know. It's completely different. It's completely different from anything else that you've ever known. They actually, he, he, he can try his hand at songwriting. He can do fencing uh, or, or pottery. Now, ballet is compulsory. So a little jeté, plié, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it always involves a live pianist, as opposed to what, I can't imagine. Uh, the school run is a nightmare because, uh, you know, they're, they're, a, they're, they're very hands-on parents. And it's like, you can imagine saying, actually, our child goes to, oh, my God, we're going to the same school as uh, as Prince George. He's in line to the throne. OK, I mean, that's, that's you know, listen, in the yummy mummy stakes, this this goes up 1,500 points, I'm telling you. Uh, he'll be joined by his little sister. There is a school ski chalet I mean, it's, it's posh. It's posh. He may sit in Kara's seat um, because there's been a school in this grade two listed building on Battersea High Street since 1700. So it does go back a long way. Every day starts with a handshake every day. Never too early to each good manners. So they've got etiquette there and they want courteous and polite children. And um, and once you've been to a school like that, if you if you've seen any of the choristers from the Westminster School, you know there is a dress uniform. Go to Eton, you go down to Eton and sit on the High Street, you know, having a cup of coffee and watch the Eton pupils, you know, with their top hats on certain days. You Know and always frock coats and things, it's it is, it's like stepping, it's another world, every, you know, completely. Homework is optional, only bright sparks need apply. I don't know how he gets in. Do they have to sort of, I suppose, let's face it, if you, if you turn up, you go, Hello, William, and uh, this is Kate, uh, oh, that's Harry, and uh, oh, that, that's Megan shopping or something, anyway. So, and we, we thought we'd like to put George forward, and they go, Uh, absolutely. And, does he have to do a test or anything? No, no, Harry, Harry. Did you have to do a test? No, obviously not. Uh, the founder is a former actress. Pupils dine like kings. They get, you know, really, really good food. It is rather expensive. It's just under £6,000 per term. OK, but no hardship here, I don't think. I don't think we'll be worrying about that. At um, the age of seven, it rises to £6,500. And then if you have clubs, after-school clubs, he dr- won't be doing after-school clubs, will you? They'll be coming. Somebody will come and collect him, I suppose. And that could add up to a further one and a half thousand pounds per term. There's also the option of a door-to-door school bus service at six hundred and five pounds a term. So everybody on the bus, um, George, where are we dropping you? I think I'm going to Buckingham Palace. Okay, uh, George is going to Buckingham Palace, and you know, all the other kids are going. You live there, and he's going. Yes. <laughs> Kindness is a school rule, and sport is very competitive. Very competitive. But they do have. It's the the sophisticated food that he has. Uh, lamb ragu. <laughs> this is for five-year-olds. With um, garlic and herbs. Smoked mackerel on a bed of puy lentils and pork stroganoff with red peppers. I mean, that's just Monday. I mean, God knows it's going to be. Best friends are frowned upon. Now, that's an unusual one. So he will be encouraged to have a group of pals rather than one best friend. Whereas, in fact, if you go to most schools, you've always got your friend, haven't you? And then you might have a little group of friends, but you've always got the one best friends. Uh, you can get very possessive friendships, and it's much easier if they share friendships. So, uh, you know, you should avoid having a best friend at school. And they're very keen to get mummies and daddies to point out to them if their child has a best friend. You know, they're looking for people to integrate into groups. Well, as George will have to grow up fairly quick. It'll be interesting to see him growing up, wouldn't it? If he's going to be as tall as his father, this, sh- this shouldn't take too long, I shouldn't wonder. 84850, steve at uk. gang culture, 14-year-old boy shot dead, 14, executed. And uh, I think they're questioning a couple of people at the moment. He was part of a gang. He'd been in a gang at uh, 14. It's all, it's all gone pear-shaped. It's all gone pear-shaped. We didn't have things like that. We had people who went to... Our schools, when I was younger, who you just avoided because they came from the wrong side of town or something like that. And they didn't feature there because at school we didn't have, I mean, there might have been, but I was, certainly wasn't aware of sort of this gang culture. We didn't have anything like that because we just, we just got on with it. And all we moaned about was, oh, my God, we've got double maths today. And you do your timetable. Do you remember doing the timetable? And you go, right, Monday, start the week, double maths. Then we've got English. Then we've got art. Then we've got, and you go to it. And then you'd all troop out of the classroom and go, where are we next? You know, got to go to this, the art room or something, whatever it was. Nowadays, they're sort of going out buying flick knives and killing each other. It's seriously appalling. I mean, it is seriously appalling that a 14-year-old boy gets executed. But you have to ask the question, don't the parents know anything about what goes on in their children's lives? He was was shot, shot in the back of the head at 14 years old. His name was Corey. And uh, now the police are bracing themselves for further violence. This apparently... He was blasted in the back of the head uh, because it was a suspected revenge attack for a stabbing. I mean, have I lost everything here? The the family have certainly lost him. He lived in uh, Forest Gate. He and a 17-year-old were gunned down. The other lad remains in hospital with leg wounds. Uh, Corey, known as CJ, is said to have been chatting with members of the Woodgrange gang when a teenage gunman opened fire. The rival... E6 gang is thought to have planned the attack in retaliation for a stabbing. That happened during a mass brawl last weekend in nearby Westfield shopping centres, Stratford. Cops fear that anger over the shooting could result in tit for tat exchanges. Corey lived with his granddad. Why? Why is he living with his grandfather? Where's, where's the parents? If he apparently uh, never kept bad company, his granddad said. Quite clearly he did. Quite clearly he did. A friend says, I don't think they were specifically aiming for CJ. It was just with boys they were after. It was also claimed Corey was excluded from school two years ago and moved out of the area for his own protection over alleged gang involvement. I mean, it's just appalling. But why is he living with his grandfather, for God's sake? Where are, where are parents in this situation? That's the questions I'm always interested in. Steve, uh, this Nissan car is nothing new. One pedal? In my day, it was a Dodgem. Yes, you're quite right, actually. I used to love Dodgems. Ooh, love them. Uh, Steve Dusseldorf and Hanover, very good Christmas markets. Southampton is the bet. Southampton, are you mad? Who goes to Southampton? You might as well go to... I don't know, I can't think of anywhere that's sort of like Southampton. Why don't you go to a Christmas... Southampton? Oh, dear me, no, no, no. You've got to go to somewhere that's... I mean, Winchester... And the only reason I mention Winchester in a Christmas market is because I see the adverts at Waterloo Station and it's got a picture of Winchester Cathedral. You're bringing me down. Uh, There's a song, actually. Winchester Cathedral. And I think it was by... Was it the new vaudeville band? Something like... Oh, do you know, oh, sometimes I'm uncanny with my recollection. Can't remember yesterday, but I can remember something from God knows how many years ago. I think they did Winchester Cathedral, the new vaudeville band. If it turns out... Is it really? Yes! You see, sometimes you think you've gone completely round the twist and you can't remember anything, and you remember that. But they have a lovely picture of Winchester Cathedral uh, with snow on the ground. Do you remember Winchester? It goes like this. remember this one? Here we go, and... Da, 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 da. It was like a little band. It had an umpar thing and all the rest of it. And then halfway through, he actually sings it as well. And uh, and he, but he does it too. Uh, he does it... Winchester Cathedral. Here we go, like this. Oh no, that's not just yet. You see, I always used to think talking to the vocals I was quite good. But uh, they were just they had their hair all straightened out and all the rest of it. And they looked like sort of end of a peer band. But they had they had a number of hits actually. This was in the charts. This actually this this was played on the radio. Here we go. Winchester Cathedral. You're bringing me. There you go. Just a little bit of recollection there. The only reason I mention it is because they have a Christmas market and they do trains to Winchester. But they've done the picture of all the snow on the ground. Of course, it's not like that. We don't get much snow, do we? I remember walking out of here one, one Christmas. Well, actually, one December or whatever it was. And there was loads of snow. And, of course, the one thing you don't want to do when you get to a certain age is walk out in the snow and fall over. Oh, the falling over bit hurts. So you've got to be very careful when you go out. You know, when you get to a certain age, if you're carrying a little bit of weight so i 'm always but, but it looks so pretty, so pretty, London in the snow, Trafalgar Square in the snow, Leicester Square in the snow, everywhere it just looks pretty. You drive out of town on the, on the train, looks like the cars look great, and your garden looks even better it 's the only time of the year. your garden looks the same as everybody else 's rest of the year. yours is the one that looks like uh, looks, looks like a tip Birmingham Birmingham apparently hosts the biggest authentic Christmas market outside Germany or Austria but it is birmingham you know and what can i tell you at our one we have um we have a, a sort of a german christmas market but it's not really it's sort of it's it's the british attempt at it but they do do sausages it must be a license to print money because at five or a time for a hot dog is um and literally there's people standing there with money queuing up to hand over money no leicester we didn't have anything christmasy in leicester square last year did we oh did we was it not very good? Oh, right. We want a better one this year, please. Westminster. Actually, we must have had a premiere last night. So we had... Mother was last night. With who? Jennifer Lawrence. Because the night before, we had the premiere with Judy Dench uh, for it Victoria and Abdul. Uh, which, as I say, is... It's a super... You're going to love it. Judy Dench is one of my favourite actresses. One of my favourite actresses. I mean, you just, you just sort of look at her and you watch her in something and you think, God, I bet you're great. As a person. I've never met her. I've never met her, but I'm sure she's absolutely delightful. But in this film, she's great and, um, and she's lovely. So go see it. It's a true story, but a story that might not have been heard because everything about this man was obliterated. Every letter, if we kept them, God, can you imagine? Every letter that Queen Victoria wrote to this man, they burnt. They literally wiped him off the face of the earth. He got sent back uh, together with his wife and her mother. Uh, but he kept a diary which they didn't know about till years later. And it's such as it's, it's like a love story. She obviously quite fancied a little bit of the your father. She liked him a lot, and he liked her... And they got on well. But she'd also been very friendly with John Brown. She was very free with her affections. And she obviously spent a lot of time in the bedroom department, uh, having lots and lots of children. I think she had about six or something like that. But this film is very interesting because it deals with this relationship and how the people surrounding Queen Victoria dealt with it.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 5.20. Are we well? Are you good this morning? Are you feeling good? Looking forward to the day? My friend says I agree with you about Victoria and Abdul. Lots of grumpy critics have it two stars. I think she had, though, nine children and 42... She was barely out of the bedroom. Wasn't she famous, though, dear friend of mine, for not recognising that lesbians existed? (laughs) She didn't accept that lesbians existed. There was some—I don't know why—that sort of stuck in the back of my mind. So, forty-two grandchildren and nine children. I thought it was lovely. I, I mean, I'm really, I'm really big, big fan of Dame Judy. I think she's sort of she's one of our our treasures. Wasn't sure about the revelation about her sex life the other day, but when I spoke to Stephen Frears yesterday, which you'll be hearing this weekend for In Conversation, he uh, he said we didn't need to talk. She read the script. She came in. She knew her lines, and she did it. And and that was it. There was no... They worked together before, but I've got a lovely photograph of them, which is them laughing during one of the, uh, one of the scenes. But they did go. They went over to the Isle of Wight. They did film over there. Three weeks they were filming. He said, it's so expensive. But... Um, so according to legend, lesbianism was never made illegal in Britain because when Queen Victoria was shown the proposed legislation, she refused to sign it as she wouldn't believe that lesbians existed. Women do not do such things, she's reported to have said. Most historians have now agreed that the story is untrue. Oh, God, I've been dining out on that story for years. Oh, dear, that's that's ridiculous, isn't it? Apparently, the idea that Victoria refused to sign the uh, MP Henry Labouchier's amendment to the Criminal Law Amendment Act until it had been de-lesbianised. How is that possible, to be de-lesbianised? it easily dealt with. The monarch in the late 19th century didn't have the power to overrule... Parliament. So we think the myth started in Wellington, New Zealand, in 1977 to explain why a demonstration for lesbian equality centred on a statue of Victoria. <laughs> lesbian to this day and age, I ask you, <laughs> what next? What next, ladies and gentlemen? Eddie Erzard, you're quite right. Was Fab as Nasty Bertie? But was Bertie was her son? Was Bertie? Th- I'm getting confused now because she she dies, doesn't she? In it. Yeah, I don't want to ruin the story. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, well, thanks for that one. Spoiler alert. Queen Victoria dies. I said, yeah, actually, the and also Abdul dies as well, but only after he's gone back home and after a while. So um, Edward the uh he died 1910, the eldest son of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert of Saxe-Coburg. Uh, Edward was related to royalty throughout Europe. Before his accession, he served as heir apparent. But um, Eddie Izzard, is, uh, I love Eddie Izzard, he's been in quite a number of films that I've seen, and he's a cracking actor, he really is, people just put, I find him really interesting as a person, very interesting, I was watching a chat show the other day, because I don't watch chat shows as a rule, not, not for any other reason, apart from it's like a bit Coles to Newcastle for me, and there's no sort of, I was trying to think who I would like as a chat show host, and I tend to go for the ones who aren't the chat show hosts, really, but they incorporate it into their programmes. So, I like Alan Titchmarsh. Paul, Paul O'Grady is just somebody who's interested in the people he talks to. So it's just not like, you know, it must be difficult. If you're, if you're doing a big chat show like Graham Norton uh, or like Jonathan Ross, and they say, well, listen, so-and-so's in town, you have to do them because they're a big star. And also, if we don't do them, somebody else will do them. And then it'll look as though we can't get the guests. And so they do them, but you can tell that their heart is not in it. I mean, I sometimes get a guest... Where I sort of, I, because I have to want to talk to them. So they send me the list, as you know, how it operates. With a list of people, they say, who do you fancy out of this? And I go, that person, that person, that person. And 99.999 recurring guests who come in are fine. Because they're in there to do a job. They're in there to promote their film, their play, their book. Uh, whatever it happens to be. And, and, it's, and it's, I want them to have a nice experience. They don't want them to sort of go away going, oh, I didn't like that. And so so all of them over the years have been, have been really good. Mainly because I'm obviously picking them quite well. Martin, the white liner, says, I will always be young, because that's my surname. Aha, aha. Now we know. I never worry about people's surnames, though. Tanker driver Phil says, Greetings from a British truck thundering through the French darkness at Avignon, listening via the LBC app on my phone, was wondering if an armed policeman would be sitting at the back of George's classroom. Well, I don't know what security they've got in place. I mean, undoubtedly, the press are going to be out in force this morning. They're going to be out there because it's his first day at school. He'll turn around, they'll have the official picture taken with him shaking hands with the headmistress. That's, royal children have always done that. And don't forget that um, I think this morning is the first play of George Michael's new single. I think Chris Evans has got, uh, got that one. Damn him, I wanted it. They didn't offer it to me. They didn't offer it to me. But there again, I'm sure he'll be very happy playing. I don't know what it's like. I just know that Niall Rogers has, has sort of finished it off. Uh, will, will George get back in the charts? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Do you think George will get back in the charts? It's, it's, as I say, it just seems so strange to think that it's coming up for a year since he died. A year since he died. And still, we don't know what the will says. And that was the bit that I really wanted to know about. I really wanted to know how much money George Michael would have accrued in his lifetime. Because I should imagine it's a, it's a fair bit, a fair bit. But he was very generous, as you know. We, we've talked on the programme before about how generous he was to, uh, to some of our, our cha- charities here in Leicester Square. And he would do it anonymously. He wouldn't tell people. And then other people came forward after he died to say he helped us out with this. And he just liked doing it. He wanted to make his money work. So that's why I'd be very interested to see. I think this is an old will. I don't think George had any intention of dying any time soon. And I think this will probably goes back a little a little way. Yeah, uh, Steve, any chance of getting Debbie Harry in for a conversation, says Martin. I don't know, actually. She's not come up on my radar at the moment. I normally get advance heads up on, you know, these people are coming into town. Would you be interested? And then what you have to do, they, they then... Again, so it has to go to them, and then they have to go right. If we come into global, then we can do that, 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 and that. We're not really going to have enough time for that one because that's a bit too long. But we can do. So you sometimes you, you get them booked in, and then sometimes they go because of time. It's sort of it has it has the the knock on effect. It was like that with Naomi Campbell, who who was so late at the time she should have started the interview. She was still at home. That's called just bloody rude, as far as I'm concerned. It's like them, them saying, I'm terribly sorry, Steve Allen starts at four, but this morning he'll be starting at six because he's actually still in bed. He said he's having his toast and he's not coming in for anybody. I mean, it's just rude. It's just absolutely... When I was standing down there in the reception, I was looking out the window and uh, and somebody went to the phone and they said, oh, she, she's still at home. I said, but she's supposed to be here. She only lives around the blooming corner. How long does it take to get ready, for God's sake? You know? If I can manage to wake up and put my slap on and get in here in time, surely anybody else can. It's just... And then she turned up on Loose Women. I mean, oh, dear, so annoying. Uh, Winchester is stunning. Stunningly expensive, as it would be, being the old capital of England. By the way, it was recently voted the best place in the UK to live. Yeah, who's just opted out of City of Culture? Is it Cardiff or something like that? Somebody's just opted out of it. They, they don't want to be considered for it. Which I thought seemed a bit a bit of a shame, really. Uh, just going back to uh, to Phil, he says, uh, I can't wait to get back to good old Blighty. My God, we're old-fashioned, aren't we? I like being old-fashioned. I don't think there's anything the matter with that at all. Uh, Steve, in some schools, every day starts with a milkshake. <sighs> I wish, wish my school had started with a milkshake. Ooh... Um, and, and then Steve says, actually, the actor who plays Frasier's father is John Mahoney, not Maloney. Just saying. Just saying. Thank you very much indeed. We like to know these sort of things. So there we go. So uh, recent attempts for Cardiff to bid to be both UK City of Culture and the European City of Culture. And uh, they've said it could bring £75 million to the city, but they will not bid for the title of European City of Culture. So there you go. I don't want it. I don't know why, actually. I've never been to uh, to Cardiff. It's, it's quite nice, is it? Roald Dahl was born there, apparently. Who's the one that they've just dug up again? Who's the uh, Salvador Dali, was it? Well, there was this woman who is a psychic, sort of, you know. And she claimed that uh, she was his daughter because her mother had had an affair. And so they exhume him. I mean, really. And uh, it's proved she's not his, his daughter at all. They've actually done the DNA test. Embarrassing. Maria Pilar Abel Martinez tarot card reader it says her mother had an affair with dali during the year before her birth so the judge in madrid went yeah dig him up you know like they do and uh I'm, that's why i'm being cremated i'm not you can you can do what you like once i've been scattered thank you very much indeed and so they then exhumed his body and they've done they've done tests and um he, he's in a crypt in a museum dedicated to his life and work they do a lot of things like that don't they so certain sort of um countries around the world there's a there's a Roman Catholic place I think where um the the body of this cardinal or archbishop or something like that is on permanent display it's a bit like Lenin although Lenin's falling apart apparently I mean he's he's really in a terrible state it's probably a bit like Eva Perron I don't even know where she is at the moment she was lost for years Evita and then when it, when they did find her, her nose had fallen off so that just sort of put that back together again and we've still got Jeremy Bentham down at the, uh, at the hospital. He's in his little cabinet. But apparently there's not much of him that's original. You know, he's, he's sort of basically stuffed, as it were, and I think there little bits. He sort of pioneered some, some way of embalming bodies. I don't know, do you, do you think we should have a rogues gallery of radio presenters who've been embalmed and we could all be, we could all be sort of cryogenically frozen and then come back years later and they can go... Cause I'm not sure if I'd want to come back in. I wonder what radio's going to be, be like in years to come. I wonder, it because it, it's changed so much. Over, oh, I'm missing the news now. But uh, I'm, I'll come back to Eva Peron's body, because I found out where, where she is. She's, she's all right, is she? Thank God for that. She was carried around for ages by her husband. He used to take her around everywhere. This is the wife. Don't laugh. You know, that kind of stuff.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Oh, riveting.
1: Just got a message from the, uh, the National Lottery. Congratulations. You've won a lucky dip. Oh goodness sake, honestly. Nobody won, so it's another blooming rollover. I don't know what that takes it up to now. Anyway, can we just go back to Eva Peron's body of where she is? Because for years she was carried around by her husband, and in 1971 I think she was, they finally buried her, but anyway, they exhumed her and she was flown to Spain where Juan Peron maintained the corpse in his home. They decided to keep her in the dining room, on a platform near the table. I mean, I, I know this seems bizarre, but, you know, she was she was very famous, actually. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's a sort of, so we're having uh, something... Oh, uh, Eva's here as well. Sorry. Eva, just right behind you on the table there. And so, anyway, Peron died in 74. His third wife... Isabel Perón, who he'd married in 61 and had been elected vice-president, she was the first female president in the Western Hemisphere. She had uh, Eva Perón's body returned to Argentina and briefly displayed beside her husband Perón's body, was later buried in the Duarte family tomb in La Ricoleta Cemetery in Buenos Aires. The previous removal of Evita's body was arranged by the Monteros when they, in 1970, stole the corpse of Pedro, whom they previously killed, they then used the captive body of Ambaru to... Oh, it's so complicated. Anyway, they they eventually Evita's body got back there, and uh, the Argentinian government took very elaborate measures to make Perón's tomb secure. So the marble floor has a trap door that leads to. A, it's quite exciting. It's like it's like it's like um, you know. Um, Valley of the Kings or anything like that, isn't it? Um, so it leads to a compartment which contains two coffins. Under that compartment is a second trapdoor and a second compartment. And that's where Peron's coffin rests. Uh, one of the biographers write that the claim is often made that the tomb is so secure it could withstand a nuclear attack. It reflects a fear, they wrote, a fear that the body will disappear from the tomb and that the woman, or rather the myth of the woman, will reappear. So the tomb's marble floor, trap door, leads to a compartment, two coffins. Under that compartment, a second trap door and a second compartment. Can you imagine? They say it could withstand this nuclear attack. Might as well bury her in uh, North Korea then, might we, really, I suppose. Uh, where is she? Because he used to go around the world with her. She travelled with him. And there are pictures. You can go on, to, um, on onto Google and click on images and you'll see a picture of her. Because when, when she, she was lost for a while... And uh, and then she sort of came came back again, and they had to sort of re embalm her. I mean, it's a most bizarre story. It really is a most bizarre story. A Woman who came from nothing, and all of a sudden there she is on the. They are down down a little bit, down a little bit. There, there there she is. I mean, she looked she looked rather strange. So they had to work on her nose and everything else to make her look look presentable. And she then appeared in this sort of. I mean, really, it's bizarre, isn't it? That you're looking at somebody who was so powerful. And uh, there's images i mean it it really is bizarre, but uh, as i say now she's uh, she's in a special place, and nobody can get to her. I wonder if people go down and look at her every so often to go down but um interesting, so here she is in the Ricolotta cemetery so i just, i don't know why I meant why do we mention her? I can't remember what were the reason was for mentioning Eva Peron? Are we were talking about lenin That's right, another one who's i mean he really looks in a terrible state. I'd like to go there. Oh, that's right. I was talking about radio presenters. Perhaps we could have radio presenters embalmed. do you think that's a good idea? I quite like that idea of us sort of, of us sort of there. And, uh, and you can have sort of like a rogues gallery. I mean, when you look at Lenin and uh, also I think they did Mao Tung as well. I don't think Lenin, I don't think much of him is complete at all. And it's so dark in this place. They've just sort of illuminated him. So he sort of, uh, I mean, they, they say he's actually looking better with age. I think they've sprayed him. I think he's been done with Mazzola or something like that to make him look a little bit better. Because he he was falling apart. Because after a while, you know, things start deteriorating. And so they sort of, they have to look after him. What's that? Oh, somebody's made a birthday cake. A birthday cake of him. I wonder, made it look as though they were sort of cutting into him. Very odd. But I mean, a museum full of radio presenters. What do you reckon? We could be in... Or failing that, we could just have our ashes on, on shelves. You know, they could say, this is Steve Allen, there's Nick Ferrari slightly bigger jar, I suspect, and uh Chris Evans and there's a Toby there, and uh dave and all sorts of uh, all sorts of people Roman very small jar and uh you could have that the people could go there it could be like a shrine, do you think so? I quite like that idea Eight four eight five zero. oste l b c dot so George is waking up today and getting ready to go to school, so a bit of a bit of a change from normal life uh presumably mummy. And Daddy will take him down there in case we have a bit of a strop, and he will—he will have tried his uniform on. It'll all be ready. She's—oh, she's not well enough to go because she's got the problem with the morning sickness. So it'll be Daddy going. They—that why don't they just get Harry to take him down? Come on, George, come on, mate, go to school. And so there'll be a picture taken on the steps, and um, and then George will be going, "Where, Mummy?" And go, she's not very well. We're Mummy?" We could, have, we could have the mother of all tantrums. We've had a few before from him. I'm expecting something. Perhaps they'll have to give him sort of night nurse or something like that. Calm him down a little bit. Have a sweet. Oh, mommy! Have a sweet. And he'll stand there. It's the only time that little children have to do that. When we were little, we didn't do it. We just went into school. And they go, hello, Stephen. And you go, hello. Looking up at this enormous person. They go, this is your class. And you look round and you think, I don't like any of these people. I don't want to be here at all. Dreadful. So he will he will go there and he will learn to be a nice polite little boy and then at certain times he'll come out of school. But you you watch it. By the time it gets to sports day, all the yummy mummies they're gonna be angling for pushing round, aren't they? I want a picture taken with get picture taken with William. Okay, I'll just be standing next to him looking sort of casual. That's what he's gonna be like, I promise you. Even yummy mummies cannot resist the uh, the lure of a member of the royal family, and especially if it's gonna be William or I mean, you know, Harry shouldn't go, but I bet you at some point Harry will nip down there. Steve, pui lentils and smoked mackerel for lunch or Prince George? At least the classmates will get to know what to... Yes, if if, if he does break wind, I should imagine, yes. I don't think he does... I think he's actually... He seems quite polite, but he's obviously... I think he gets a bit stressed. But there again, if your whole life is sort of having to dress up and you want to go outside and just throw throw mud packs at Nanny, you know, that's the kind of thing you want to do or sort of run riot. Uh, Also, Kim says... Do you hate it when the clocks go back? Must be awful going for work and it's dark and going home and it's still dark. You'd never see the daylight like a mole. Actually, I don't know why we bother doing the clocks forward and backwards. Why don't we just leave it? Who cares? Who cares? We don't need to do it. Do they do it all over the world or is it, is it not done? Oh, they do. All right. Uh, Matt says, I went to Winchester uni about 11 years ago. Oh, little Mr. Posh, are we? I went to Winchester. Yeah. It was called King Alfred's University then. Best three years of my life. Oh, so in other words, you just spent your entire time getting drunk and not doing anything, picking up girls, you know. That's what university life is like, isn't it? I don't believe anybody does very much work at all. I think they just sort of go, they go, okay, I'm like uni. And then you're supposed to know everything. And then all of a sudden you don't. And then it's catch-up time. and You go, oh, my God, we've got the exams coming up very shortly. Um, Peter says, talking of dead bodies, are you ready for Halloween? Thank you. Yes. Actually, we don't do Halloween very well in this country. It's only recently that Poundland have started getting involved. And so they do Halloween. The Americans do it bigger than we do. I'm not, you know, I feel sorry for parents who've got uh, children because they want to do Halloween. You get masks and makeup and blood capsules. And, you know, you get lollies shaped like fangs or all sorts. The whole thing has just become commercialised. And I'm not really sure why I bother with Halloween. I couldn't really care less, actually. Doesn't but I went to Costco the other week, and they've got a huge dummy, a mannequin thing. It's towers about nine feet tall, and when you walk past, you goes, "Come into the house." And you like, "Oh my God, father, who buys that?" Me, me. Got it at home now, getting ready for it. Trick or treat. I don't mind the trick or treating. I just electrify the door buzzer. It makes it so much easier. They don't bother with the following year. They just do it the once. It was designed to do dogs, actually. Thousands of tourists go and see Eva's grave every day. I did it when in Buenos Aires. It didn't lots of plebs inside there. Well, no, you wouldn't all get in there. You've got to go through trap doors. They're making sure she's not going to be nicked again. Thank you very much indeed. I went to the, D, uh, the Diana Fashion exhibition yesterday, says Simon, which was wonderful, except for all those would-be experts who wanted to impart their knowledge to all, whether they wanted to hear it or not. Still a commemorable and commendable exhibition. Still in death... She commands that interest, like Eva Peron, like Lenin, like all these other people who sort of die. They they still, you know, even though my, my producer is hoping that, you know, we won't be doing this again. I said it'll happen in 10 years and another 20. They'll still be talking about. I know <laughs> they'll still be talking about her in, in years to come. I promise you, it, it, it's just not going to go away because the boys are going to grow up. And then George will be appearing on teleprograms going, you know, my what would he be? What would, would it, granny? My, my 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 granny was very famous, and I now know all about her because we did a project at school. And um, you can imagine, well, they will—they're they, going to talk about that, aren't they? Other kids are going to go, "Was that your granny in the tunnel?" You know, they're going to say something like that. Kids are—you know—kids are just interesting because presumably they've been told by head teacher and by their mummies and daddies, "You're going to be at school with a future king of England," okay? And this is very important. He's going to be king. His his granny lives in a palace and they've got lots of money. And they all live in these big houses and everything else. You go, wow. So when they meet Georgie, George go, you want a sweet? You know, to see whether you can tempt him into the sweet department. That's what it'll be like. I mean, I don't think George is going to go for puy lentils and mackerel. Do you think? I can't even bear mackerel. And I don't think I've ever had puy lentils. But there again, I don't wear sandals or a caftan. So, uh, I mean, it, it appears to be the new trendy food. No. The new trendy food is donuts, and donuts, or failing that beef rolls, or anything like that, or pastrami. I think pastrami is quite quite luxurious, actually, as, uh, as sandwiches go. Yeah, avocado is very very popular, isn't it? Somebody did an avocado on a bagel or bagel the other day, and I quite like the look of that. It was a thin bagel, bagel, and I remember thinking, oh, with that an avocado, because I did go out to a place once and they did a poached egg with avocado, and and I thought, oh, this is very posh. It was like six pounds. Only a little bit, because you can buy frozen avocado in Iceland, and it's a. Set, but you've got to eat it, because once it starts de- defrosting, it goes a bit mushy. So you could, and then you can just spread it on toast. It's supposed to be quite good for you, because it's got the good, the good fats in it, hasn't it? But I, what do I know? Honestly, seriously, I know nothing. Every day, I sit there on the settee in my pants, and I sort of sit there watching the television. I'm thinking, how did I get to this stage? It's not that I'm eating tons and tons of food. I don't sit down there shoving chips you know down my throat every five minutes. how does this happen and is it your body metabolism my father was thin all his life never put on weight at all my mother was thin my brother is thin me completely the opposite ridiculous
0: you're listening to a podcast from lbc
1: morning everybody nice to have company 10 to 6 hope you're well for a lot of um a lot of young people going off to school for first day it's not just uh, george Who's going down there? Mummy not going, so Daddy will be taking him. But Daddy had to say last time, shake hands. And so we've been doing shake hands and uh, and then we get the picture. So you'll see that in the papers tomorrow. Also, it's an interesting time because all of a sudden he's going to be with people that he doesn't know. Complete bunch of strangers in a classroom. Now, whether or not, you know, they sort of say this isn't playtime, this is something I don't know. I would think at his age it's probably quite scary, and for lots of other children as well, going to school for for first time, you know, because mummy and daddy kind of leave you and you go, oh, yeah, I want to go home again. Uh, Zach says uh, last year, last Halloween, Donald Trump was the must-have costume. This year, it'll be little fat Kim Jong Un. Yes, it wouldn't surprise me actually. <laughs> I just don't get involved with Halloween. I don't. It, I think it's it's more more for younger people than uh, than sort of adults. My friends and I, Steve. Go to a Christmas market every first weekend in December. Been doing it for years in France, but last year went to Winchester. It was lovely. Uh, the cathedral has an ice rink set up. And this year we're going to Bath, which is uh, which is meant to be uh, fab. And next year it's Benidorm, says Trish. Yes, you know, ice rinks are so popular. Hampton Court Palace down the road from me, practically my second home because I love Hampton Court Palace, um, mainly because you can wander about by yourself and you can imagine what it was like when Henry VIII was there rather nasty piece of work. But anyway, there was, yeah, which one? Somerset House, yeah. There's ice drinks all over the place. They also have a big one at the Natural History Museum, which is very popular. I mean, I don't do them. And they also have one at Winter Wonderland. I don't do that one either. Far too many people on the ice, I mean, and it's people falling over left right. I don't know why somebody wanted to go there. You cling onto the barrier as you're going round and you think, I mean, some of them just made me absolutely die laughing. You would stand it. It's the best entertainment going. Because some people try to, say, and then they fall over. And I laugh like a drain. I really do. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe your spread, there's a very close friend of mine. Here we go. We now, we now get to the truth time. Uh, your spread, this is the, the bit, is due to an unconscious sedentary lifestyle. What'll that mean? What'll that mean? What's a sedentary lifestyle? It says, on most modern phones, excuse me, I don't have an aerial I pull up out of the phone, there is a built-in step app. Check to see if yours has one, and if it does, have a look at how many steps you took yesterday. Oh, God. I can't... I'm not a fitness person. I'm seriously not a fitness... I will have a look for a step... A friend of mine... Ah, a friend of mine's got one on his phone, so I must have it on here. I'm not doing it now. But, I mean, uh, he's... Because when we walk round Regent's Park on a Sunday morning... I mean, that in itself is a labour of love, ladies and gentlemen. I can get to the other end and go, we're not doing that again. Let's go have toast. Let's go have toast and a cup of tea and some scrambled egg with, with ketchup. But, uh, and he said, oh, we've only done so many steps. I thought, it seemed like a lifetime for me. Because I'm, I'm a bit naughty. I come into this building, I walk up the steps, uh, because we've got a circular, semi-circular kind of staircase, which gets me to, to where, where the papers are and the reception, which is fine. But every day... Just to annoy me, they add an extra step. So by the time I get to the top, I'm exhausted. And I always say every day to whoever's sitting on reception, I always go, I'm sure they're adding stairs. Anyway, then I go through the door and I go to the lift. What I should do is walk up the stairs. But frankly, it's, you know, it's half past two in the morning. I can't start walking upstairs at half past two. My legs don't know what they're doing. So I stand in the lift... Leaning up against the wall, get out, then I do walk, and I walk to the kitchen. At the moment, because one of our taps is out, I have to walk a fair way to get a cup of coffee. So I started to send Joanne Webb, it's been very kind. She said to me, she said, I'll, I'll get the coffee for you. And I said, no, it's OK, it's good exercise. I'm more worried about this sedentary lifestyle. Uh, the outer circle of Regent's <laughs> Park is 2.2 miles long. Sometimes we, <laughs> we cheat and cut across the grass. <laughs> Depends where the dog wants to go, I suppose. And we cut across the grass. And by that time, I was sort of... I'm just about... Because I've done a programme. I've been up since the early hours of the morning. I'm ready to drop. I know some people do it. I know you do it all the time. Every time I see this, this this friend of mine, he's always got running gear on and all the rest of it. And I appreciate the fact that if people do fitness and they do running, when you look at people who don't do fitness and running, we must look like Nelly the Elephant. Seriously, it must be awful. It's like sort of... I don't know. I can't think of anything... Well, you know how that would be. It's, I suppose if you if you don't smoke and you stand next to somebody who smokes, you think, why can't you just give up smoking? But of course, it's it's very addictive. And I think that exercise is very addictive. So, and I, I haven't got to that stage where I'm, I want an addiction like that. I don't know why. People keep keep saying you should do that. You should look after yourself. And I think, well, I, I do. I inject. I do do my tablets every day. Oh, I injected yesterday. God, was it hurting? And it, it goes into a little bubble when you're injecting the insulin. It's just, just, you're supposed to stab yourself with it. Frankly, I can't I can't do that at all. I have to sort of push it in gently. I'm not very good with needles. I'm a bit rubbish. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look for the Step app. And then hopefully I'll try and do it. But, I mean, I don't know how many steps I'm supposed to be doing a day. I don't want to start doing a regime. I really don't. I mean, I'm, I'm just... I'm so worried. I've never seen happy joggers anyway. Uh, Steve... I stumbled across your in-conversation with James O'Brien and loved it. You guys should do an occasional show together somehow. Well, I don't know what he's, He uses words I've never even heard of. Ever heard of. <laughs> he said, apparently I'm much cuter than Nelly the Elephant. Thinking more like Little White Ball. <laughs> I thought Nelly the Elephant was quite cute, actually. Do you think Nelly the Elephant was quite cute? I thought so, Nelly. Who was that? That was Mandy... Mandy... Mandy somebody. Mandy Miller who sang Nelly the Elephant, and she was also Mandy in a film called Mandy, which was about a little girl who was deaf and dumb. Great British film, years and years and years ago. Great British film, Mandy. And it was Mandy Miller who sang Nelly the Elephant, packed her drunk and said goodbye to the circus. They don't play that anymore, do they? They don't have children's radio programmes. They don't have children's radio programmes. Years ago, they had, you know, radio programmes for children and... Television programmes for children, you know, like Junior Showtime. Remember Junior Showtime? Millie, Molly, Mandy and all these kind of things that came out from Glyn Poole and everybody else. But Nelly the Elephant was Mandy Miller with orchestra. Came out on EMI. Isn't Bombay,
0: a... A circus came, it
1: was so exciting. Honestly, there was something about this song that you turn on the radio, you'd listen to this one, one and then you'd go, that's great, so you'd go and buy it. You'd go and buy it. And this Nelly the Elephant just took off... And it was all sorts of things, and it went like this. Like this. Here we go. This is the elephant. Here we go. Nelly the elephant. I mean, you never thought you'd turn on LBC for early breakfast near Nelly the elephant being played, and that brought back some memories for you. But uh, I thought Nelly the elephant was quite cute, actually. There is a radio station. The whole radio station is called Fun Kids. Well, who's on that? How many radio stations have we got, for goodness sake, in this country? I- Oh, it's not one of ours. I can't talk about it. It's not one of ours. But, uh, but we used to have television programmes for children, which were like children's talent competitions and things like that. I used to like listening to Ed Stewart doing children's favourites and stuff like that. That was that famous, that famous BBC presenter who did it, and he didn't really like children. I think he, he put on a record in the days when he put on the needle on the record. And he said, if, if he forgot to turn the mic off, and he said, that'll get the little blighters happy. Didn't last much longer after that, poor soul. Actually, uh, so the in conversation with James O'Brien. Yes, there's still there's two up there. There are two up there on the on the podcasting service. Uh, putting the uh, clocks back was part of the wartime effort to increase productivity during daylight hours, says Alex in Bracknell. So there's no need for us to have it now. I don't know why they just don't do away. It's so horrible. You have to get all your clocks change here, and you got I've got to go, I've got so many clocks at home to change. They're not all automatic, you know. I mean, the, the one on the phone does it. The television does it. The computer and all the rest of it. But I've still got kitchen, well, kitchen clock does it. The clock on the cooker doesn't do it. Then I've got the clock in the bathroom, which is Velcro to the wall because it's huge. And it's just like a fun clock, you know. I don't know why Why we have things like that in the bathroom. And then I've got three in the bedroom. And then I've got the one in the car that doesn't change automatically either. In fact, actually, I've yet to work out how you change the one in the car. Perhaps it does work automatically. Because normally you open the glove compartment and I can change the clock, but I open the glove compartment in this car and I've got the sat-nav stuff in there and the CD player. It's got a CD player built in. So you stack four in. You put them. You push a button and it loads them, sort of eats them, as it were. But um, I can't find where you change the... T- I'll have to get the, the catalogue thing out, the book, which tells you. Jennifer says, once again, woken up by my unborn baby, always between five and six, as per using your show to soothe it back to sleep. Uncle Steve, love your show as always Long term listener, that's what I like to hear Thank you very much indeed I get a lot of mums or people in hospital Uh, Steve, as somebody who works nights I usually wake up after 4pm That means in December I get about half an hour of daylight a day on the way home from work If the clocks didn't go back that wouldn't be such a problem So I really hate the clocks going back Who's that, you? Oh right, it's the producer writing to me I'm here, you can talk to me Oh, it's a long message, okay so, uh, anyway, anyway, my, my friend has sent me something about oh, wait a minute, oh, I'll have to do it just after the other side of the... I suddenly realize we've got so little time moving on, aren't we now we're up to the seventh of September. The news at six it's approaching at a pace uh the backlash over the mag chat cut the interview says i'll find out who in a minute to Megan because she did the interview, and you think, oh, I don't know, was that the right thing to do? We don't want to go down that route, thank you very much indeed, but I think if they get married and I've got 20 quid on the fact they won't get married, I think he's, he's going to go off her. He's going to see her every single day. bit of a novelty. He's a bit of a fly-by-night, is Harry. He's sort of, he, likes, he likes lots of different people. She's going to be bored out of her mind because she doesn't want to traipse around to some of these official things. She's going to be very fed up with it. It's not like doing movies or stuff like that. Coronation Street tries to get the viewers back. George Michael has a new go-go getting to number one. Will he do it? He could do, you know. He could do. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday, the 7th of September. at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast on LBC. It's nice to have your company. It's, uh, my feet are freezing today. I don't know why. It's because I've taken my shoes off. I've started doing it. Is it. Is an elderly thing? You know when you get there and you go, Oh, I just can't wait to take my shoes off. And so you can waggle your toes about. I put thicker socks on. I think we're going into winter. I think we're definitely heading... It's only in September and already I feel like it's winter. It's nice to have your company, though. Um, the female stars who want to see the BBC's pay gap data now. They've become very aggressive over this one. Uh, want to buy the Queen's Bentley? It's up for sale Uh, It's worth about one hundred and eighty thousand. I think it's an extended wheelbase, but they've taken all the Queen stuff off and presumably Windsor Castle's been taken off the sat nav just in case the driver can't find it uh, back there. Uh, And also they've got Princess Margaret's Rolls Royce, which she had for some years. That's that's uh, up for sale as well. Uh, Also, the late George Michael, a new go go for getting to number one. His single's going to be played this morning. I think Chris Evans has uh, has got uh, has got that one. Uh, Also Britain's laziest traffic warden, they've got pictures of him Obviously he's well known in the area, he's just sort of leaning up against it, he's on his phone He went for two hours to Subway But uh, perhaps he's allowed two hours, I don't know Uh, Sexism sexism at the town hall, which we'll come back to The devoted pair allowed to die side by side I get upset by stories like that, but it's in the paper today and it's it's really quite sweet for them Uh, And I've seen it before, we had another couple a while ago, didn't we? Apparently, Tony in South Norwood says 10,000 steps a day is the target. You are joking, aren't you? Actually, the funny thing is, I was thinking I've not driven my car for a week now. Nearly a week. I think last time was last, um... When was it? Saturday or something like that. So I need to get some mileage done, don't I, really? Mind you, it's the petrol, isn't it? And also, the petrol tank's on the wrong blooming side on this one. So I've now got to go to a different side of the pump. I suppose I could stretch the thing over, but I'm not that kind of person. Uh, Stuart and Brenda... Stuart and Brenda. (laughs) Sorry, it's only because I've got an Auntie Brenda as well, and you just don't hear that name very much, do you? You really don't. But uh, it says, Offers everything you hate, wrapped up in a sandy beach, covered in sun, an average of 95 degrees, all the food you can eat and the drink drink you can't drink. But that aside, we do our thing, we work hard, and we spend as we see fit. Where is the new car coming? Where? Oh, Oh, they're in Mexico, are they? Good Lord. I've never wanted to go to Mexico. It's never appealed to me. I, just, just, I don't know why it doesn't appeal to me. I've eaten fajitas before. I feel like it's as good as going to the country. Don't you think so? Fajitas and stuff like that. Are, they, are they the fajitas the thing you wrap round and then you... Oh, right. What's the matter with that? <laughs> I don't feel I need to go to the country to eat more food. I can get it in M&S. Other places sell it, I should imagine. Uh, Steve, I used to think about that weight. And I thought at 20 stone... I must have a slow metabolism, but after 10 weeks of Slimming World Fat Club and just adjusting a th- few things, I'm now 17 stone. What apparently goes in your mouth goes on your waistline. That's a worry, isn't it? I'm now a much happier, healthy 44-year-old, and with a new four-month-old daughter and an active seven-year-old son, I can now keep up with them. Write down what you eat and record your steps, says Nigel Dunstable. Oh, no, I couldn't do it. No, that's even, that's very depressing. It's like writing down how much you spend, isn't it? It's a, it's a similar kind of thing. You write something down and I'm thinking oh, no, I can't do that. I'm not a writing down sort of person. Actually, I'm not 20 stone. I don't know what I weigh, actually. I'm, I'm not, but I'm definitely not, not 20 stone. I think I've got water retention. Practically carrying most of the River Thames, I think, at the moment. But ten thousand steps a day is the target. Oh, I can't do. I just, I just can't do fitness. I just, I mean, it just doesn't appeal to me. Nobody could ever make it appealing, unless they're running along next to me with a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken. And I, believe you, me. I only mention that as a throwaway because I don't eat the stuff very often. It might be once every six months, which I think is okay. If I was eating it every day, it'd be completely different. But, uh, but I don't. Uh, Wendy says I'm at home here in Florida. Waiting for Irma to arrive on Saturday. Tomorrow we have to bring in lots of pots and plants on the patio and put up the hurricane shutters. I remember I slept through the bad storm in London almost 30 years ago, but somehow I don't think I'll be sleeping through hurricane Irma. Slightly scared of the unknown and hope the house survives. If we have a power... Uh, I will email you what's happening. Any Christmas markets in London? Oh, I should imagine so. They have the big one up at Winter Wonderland in Hyde Park. And down on the South Bank, we have them. And you'll find that they're all over the place. I think, you know, we, we might have... We had one in Leicester Square last year. It wasn't brilliant. It was it was passable, but not... The producer didn't like him. He's sort of the benchmark, really. But, uh, yeah, so, listen, good luck. Good luck. I know that a lot of the houses in Florida, all the new builds, they come with storm shutters. Whether they're going to be withstanding 185 mile an hour winds, I've got no idea. So we send you our best wishes and hope that... Uh, let us know. Let let us know how you, uh, how you get on. OK? Uh, Steve, it helps that how large or small you eat, you have to digest it. It's as simple as that. It's mastication, isn't it? I think that's what they say. They say as long as you masticate loads of times, you're, you're fine. So, but I don't. I tend to be just a literary in-and-swallow. It's, you know, it barely touches the sides. And I know that they've said that. And my mother used to say, don't gulp. Don't gulp your food, Stephen, she used to say to me. And so, and that's it. But they always used to say, little and often. I said, well, that's basically how my life is, I'm afraid. <laughs> but it's it's supposed to be like that. Because I spoke to a friend of mine who's, who's been on one of these sort of diet things. Uh, and he said, it's just, it's educating your stomach to accept Less food, but the trouble, and I'm not a great foodie. Seriously, I'm only eating once a day. I eat probably around two or three o'clock in the afternoon, and that's it till the following morning. I don't do a breakfast or anything like. Well, I mean, literally once in a blue moon, and it would be the blue moon. It's a, it's as simple as that. So uh, I'm, I don't know where it comes from. I really don't know where it comes from. It's it's just it's ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, Stephen in Montpellier says I downloaded a great step app for my phone. It's called Pacer. And it does, you know, steps per twenty-four hours, time and distance, so average speed, number of calories. You See, already, I'm now attracting fit people, and frankly, this program is basically couch potato time. I'm not one of these people because otherwise it'd be boring, isn't it? Be boring, you know. Be going, oh, he's not going on about blooming fitness again, is he? I just, I mean, I don't mind other people doing it. I'm I just, it's just not like me. Um, Stephen, laugh like a drain. Where did that come from? Sounds like a question for James O'Brien's musical hour. What was that? Have I done something else now? <laughs> oh, something just before the news. Oh, right. Listen, it's no good. People ask me the next day, they say, oh, you did something very funny the other day. And I go, well, listen, we can't remember things like that. I can barely remember today. Oh, that's the from Sunny Crete. Anne says, um, we went to visit Eva's tomb in April. Also visited the Eva Museum. And uh, their achievement in the day, introducing an NHS system in 1947, a year before our own, and the huge support for the orphans and underprivileged. So worth a visit. This is the tomb you go into. This is the family Duarte. And it's got a trapdoor which leads down to another level and then another trapdoor which leads... And that's where she is. Thank you for that. That's nice. It's very nice. People people are very responsive on LBC. But you've got to ask a question about something and immediately there'll be somebody. So we've now got somebody who's in the path of Storm Irma. Hurricane, which is coming in. And even though people have got storm windows, literally houses can just be ripped apart. I'm praying that it isn't uh, like that for you at all because it's they, they, they just become like tissue paper, don't they? And so a lot of people suffer. I mean, I've seen the uh, the effects so far, not looking good. They've got stories on some of the papers about people on holiday. Celebrities, they've said. Celebrities out there, basically. I mean, you know, it is hurricane season, but they've got here... 200 mile an hour, worst hurricane ever batters the holiday Isle, And it is. And it's not just the battering of the homes, it's the water that comes with it. So it's not very good at all. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk uh, Steve, here's something which I think will interest you. Rye in Kent has a festival starting soon. One of the events is um, uh, running a tour of the underground chambers and caves in a place called Winchelsea. What's that? I've never even heard of. Win when, when Chelsea. All oh, right. They have underground caves, do they? Do they really? Good Lord. Which are not actually or usually open to the public. Apparently, they date back to the 13th century. Tour tall, tall lasts an hour, says Trish, and you have to bring a torch and comfy shoes. Well, oh, I've got comfy shoes. I'm at that age. Such an unusual tour. I think we shall book. Let me know if you want to come. Thank you. Sounds lovely. Birthday today. Uh, we celebrate uh, Fee's birthday. She's really finola. They call it Fee. She's apparently 50, but we we don't. We call it the 49th and a bit. Makes people feel less worried about that, and she's a Twickenham girl, so ex trolley Dolly. So she celebrates uh, one of those landmark birthdays, you know, that people go, what do you buy a 50-year-old? Sonatogen. It's as simple as that, you know. What do you buy for the man who has everything? Penicillin. It's, uh, it's the stuff like that that keeps this programme going. And so far, we've not even delved into the papers, so we will. We'll do the front pages after the news at uh, half past. Uh, Let's do some of the stories that are in there, shall we? I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a short break, and then we'll tell you about Wazza off the Razza. This apparent... Where they've got this from, I've got no idea. It's the front page of The Sun, and they're talking about uh, the Rooney ultimatum. He said he will quit booze, so the story goes, if she quits going on holiday. But she she does Why should she not go on holiday? They've got loads of money. She doesn't take him, because he's obviously a bit dreary. And he's a bit pale, so there's no chance of him lying on a beach. But there again, I don't lie on beaches either. The sexism at the town hall story I'll bring you in a moment. Uh, do you know that uh, Colleen has had ten holidays already this year and she's been... has ten holidays in Spain. She's also been to Italy, Greece, Vegas, Portugal and Barbados. So she doesn't... she doesn't really need it. So I'm not surprised the poor boy's sitting at home going, what shall I do now? Rattling around like Billy No mates. Let's go to a bar. Because he obviously goes by himself, doesn't he? He doesn't obviously go with, with people. You're
0: listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: I was just thinking, actually, coming up um, very... I can't tell you too much about this. I still, I want to tell you about it, but I can't tell you about it. But um, because, you know, we've got our charity Make Some Noise. And we're going to try and raise lots and lots of money for some really, really super causes. I'll tell you more about it nearer the time. But uh, I've got a really a really nice event happening over four weeks. And... You're going to love it when you hear it. Seriously, I couldn't believe it myself when they told me. That's a, The reason I can't tell you about it is because apparently it spoils the surprise. So I've kind of pre-empted a little bit. But it's it's four nice things over four weeks. OK? Trust me on it. Trust me on it. Trust me. And Monday, there'll be details. OK? Monday, there'll be details. I'm so excited myself. I can't believe it myself, actually. Uh, but also, at the moment, in fact, we're coming up to the end of it, the uh, the digital radio, the Pure Pop MIDI and you can win that, and I can sign the box if you like, or I can sort of send it round, personalised, and, um, and that's nice. All you have to do is go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and you just answer a simple question. There's no, there's no premium rate phone lines or anything else on this one. It's a, a straightforward giveaway for a digital radio. Answer the question. You should know the answer. It's not, not difficult. I, in fact, I tell you the answer every single day. And, uh, and then you keep your fingers crossed. So just fill in a few few details. Straightforward. OK, so LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Right hand side, drop down, you'll see it. Winner Digital Radio. Andy says, I tried Slimming World. In fact, I tried two different places. As soon as I said I was type 1 diabetic, they're both glazed over. So I'm resigned to keeping my shape. Round is a shape, isn't it? Well, it's sort of, yes. I mean, round, round could be seen as a shape. If you only eat once a day, your body is effectively on permanent starvation mode. And your meta... meta metabolism... Sorry, I've all of a sudden got word blindness there. It's very sluggish, and that's where it comes from. I uh, See, I'm, I'm not sluggish. Better to eat three small meals a day than one big one, says uh, Sarah in Maloka. So there you go. I don't, I mean, when I say I only eat once a day, that makes it sound as I don't eat anything at all. I'll have a sandwich this morning, and I'll probably do an injection, and then I'll eat later on this afternoon. I might have something when I get back to the station. It depends. So, I mean, I'm not just eating. I mean, I'm talking about one one main meal a day there's other little bits that pop into it as well the realization you're getting old at work says joe is not when you remove your shoes on arrival it's when you replace them with carpet slippers well actually to be honest with you don't joke i said to the producer i said i might bring in some slippers tomorrow and put them on actually <laughs> i'm sure it's not the right thing to do i'm just you know to bring in slippers and i'm trying not to uh, not to sort of think about it too much but to be honest with you it sounds very appealing Slippers and Bentley Bear in tomorrow. Uh, laugh like a drain was what you said when you watched the ice skaters in London, uh, says Simon. He was asking where the phrase came from. Sounds like a question, says Mark for Magical Hour. Right, yeah, laugh like, uh, we laugh like a drain. It is the most entertaining thing watching. I don't know why. I think it's other people's misery. I thrive on other people's misery. So if somebody's on an ice rink and they, and they sort of fall over a few, especially when you watch them and, and they're going around. We watched a, um, a woman last year. And she was going round, and obviously she 'd never been on an ice rink before, so she puts the skates on, which in itself is fairly traumatic and then she 's hanging onto to the side, and then she was level with us, and so we, we sort of step back a little bit and then blow me down she takes it she 's obviously quite confident she 's managed to get round to us, and we are we are the benchmark, so she takes her hand off the rail, she moves one foot in front of the other, and she 's straight over stra- well, I laughed. I tried not you just have to go. <clears throat> and every time she tried to stand up she fell over again I mean she must have had bruises in places that you don't want bruises and and I thought to myself this is obviously her idea of sheer hell and torture and then you always get the little girl don't you or a little boy and they're skating backwards and they're doing pirouettes and all that well those you hate but I always watch because I'm always a little bit envious of people who can ice skate I did tell people one year because my goddaughter when she had one birthday I think it was her 14th or something like that we had a very traumatic, it might have been 12th, actually, because the 13th was very traumatic. And um, and we went to an ice rink in Harlow, I think. And I thought, oh, I, I can do this. <laughs> Don't delude yourself, Steve. Don't delude yourself. I did it in um, in Vienna once and I was I was OK. I mean, I can't do great things on it. I mean, at least I can go in a straight line. Can't turn corners. I can't turn corners at all. I'm absolutely rubbish. Uh, Nigel says go to your health app on your iPhone. The distance steps, etc., are recorded there. Thank you, Nigel, in Welling. Apparently, uh, Winchelsea when, when is where my sister got married, said another Nigel. This one's in Dunstable. It's apparently pronounced Winkleseal. Is that there? Winklese? Is that what he said? Oh, Winklesea. Sorry, it's an exclamation mark. Winklesea. It sounds quite nice, doesn't it, really? You get married there in a cave. Bit of an odd one, isn't it? But uh, I'm prepared to do it. The person in Florida has done great things bringing in the pot plants, but likely the wisest thing to do is get in a car or onto a bus and leave the area toot sweet. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm, you do worry, don't you? You do worry, actually. Uh, Steve, it's not magical hour today, says Hannah. It's Massachusetts hour. I was hoping, do you know, he was talking about this the other day to me. And, uh, and I, I started singing the song to him and immediately I could see it registered. His eyes glazed over as he looked at me. Because he has his, his, his computer screen up fairly high. And so I can't actually see him because we sort of sit opposite each other because we're like presenters. And, um, and I, I said, oh, Mass- Massachusetts hour. And he, eh. So I suspect you're probably right. It is Massachusetts hour. So wazzers off the razza. This is uh, Colleen not wasting her life. and going. You'd think that she would want to do something, but it's not my business. I can't say to somebody you should do more with your life as opposed to just sitting on beach holidays. Why, why would she bother? She's been everywhere. She takes her mates, her family, and all the rest of it. And he just sits there drinking in bars with, um, with strange people who then sort of discuss their stories uh, with other people. Uh, school band skirts. This is doing the round at the moment. Parents are furious after a school has introduced a gender-neutral uniform. What is this gender-neutral stuff that we're doing every day? What is going on here? They say that girls are forced to wear trousers. Pupils at Priory School in Lewis. In a Sussex must wear identical outfits to accommodate a small number of transgender students. How many have they got? Are these, I mean, I mean, are there really that many transgender students that I'm not aware of? It's amazing, isn't it, really? Mum Lara, whose daughter Tilly is a student, says, My daughter has got a gender and it's female. She's very proud to be a girl. Like a line from Tootsie, isn't it? Yeah, so they've got some transgender, st- good Lord, honestly. Like an epidemic at the moment. What have we got transgender in the suppose We must have, by the law of averages, we must have transgender. Have got any transgender? I know a transgender radio presenter. I know quite a number of transgender people. But I wonder if if there's any in this building that I've not noticed. Interesting, isn't it? Because I think all of our toilets here, all of our loos, are all unisex. Well, I mean, they can be unisex because they're all cubicles. So basically, you know, you don't need to sort of worry about urinals and stuff like that. We did used to have urinals, now we've just got cubicles. Although, we we do have separate rooms for men and women, but I have used the women, to go no further. I've used them. Do you know what they've actually got that we haven't got? They've got sinks in each one of their... their, How cool is that? A sink and a little place to put your handbag down, uh, or your sandwiches, or something like that, or your iPhone. And then a little sink next to it. What a good idea. I want those in my, my toilet as well. Uh, other stories in the paper, Magdi Yacoub, that's the uh, the heart surgeon, says I back the mirror's donor battle. Uh, also, 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 fans to get another episode of Corrie every Wednesday. Oh, God. I haven't seen Corrie for a while, actually. I know all the people in it, roughly. Well, I certainly know them better than I know the people in EastEnders. Uh, Amir Khan has sent uh, a model, a provocative birthday message. He's just a dirty little boy, isn't he, Really? You know, plays around and then wonders why the wife gets a bit uppity and the family for some reason seemed to support him. Criticised her publicly publicly. He posted a video of this woman with the bird's happy birthday, and then it showed her pouting. he obviously just sort of chased um oh, Amir Khan and you go, Who's that? Who's that? No idea. Certainly not earning the money that he used to. And um so rumours of a relationship began last month when he called her cute Cute I've used that term to somebody, cute. I don't know what else do I call people? I, I don't necessarily so call people cute. I, dear, I call people dear all the time. Dear, I, I got off the bus yesterday. No, the day before yesterday, and the producer said because we we have to share the bus, and uh, I wanted my own, but they weren't prepared to go that far. And I said, see you tomorrow, dear. I just do it automatically, Automatically. I don't even think about it. It's just, but it doesn't mean he's a dear or anything like that. You know, I just call people dear. He's actually worked with me so long. He just said he started using it as well. There you go. It's catchy. I do it to my godchildren. I do it to. I don't. Everybody. I don't think there's a person I don't do it to. I just call everybody dear. Pop it's my favourite. I send. I send text messages to Pop it, and things like that because I quite like Pop. I don't even know where that came from. I don't know where it came from. The one. The one thing I don't do is. I don't think I use... Dar- I do use Darling as well. I've used Darling before. But then I nicked that from Blackadder because he calls him Darling. And I thought that was because he's Captain Darling. And so I, I quite like that one. But dear, I use all the time. It's just... It's, it's so easy. It sort of rolls off the tongue. Hello, dear. How are you? You know, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. It just means dear. I don't know what else it's supposed to mean. Oh, look, late for the news, as usual. So, yeah, so you've started calling people dear as well, have you? I think that's hilarious. I've finally done something that's just changed the producer's
0: life forever. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Thursday. I know, I know. It's turning into winter, isn't it? And it'll be a very frosty day for poor George. He goes to his first school today. So I'm assuming, I don't know this, I'm just guessing, that they must have taken him down there and showed him round already. And so he's probably seen the people who are in his class. Uh, they have puy lentils and mackerel and all sorts of stuff and they have uh, acting and music and they have a debating class for five-year-olds so you can talk about things. It encourages young people to open up and it's, it's I know it's going to sound really odd, but if you ever meet pupils who have been to um, a very good school or, or a private school or a preparatory school, they're able from an early age to hold conversations with adults It holds no fear for them whatsoever because they're treated as being Oh, They don't treat them as little children. So, you know, for us, it's very alien to have a debating class at the age of five. But they will be used to this kind of thing. And because they've got a future king of England in the shape of George and Charlotte will go there as well. um, They learn to hold conversations with adults. They will learn when to keep their mouth shut, when to when to keep their mouth open, when to talk, when to do all sorts of things. They're allowed to be children. But at the same time, they teach them discipline and manners. And if ever you, as I say, meet children who've been to a really good school, they're able to have conversations with adults. They're not phased they're not by it at all. They don't sort of sit there staring at the floor or playing on their phone. They can actually have a conversation. And, you know, I've discovered this on numerous occasions. Nick Ferrari at breakfast at seven this morning on LBC. Theresa May's under fire for describing the public sector pay cap as this, that and the other when asked about public spending, was her comment inappropriate? And does the public sector pay cap need reviewing once more? Continuing the focus on the mental health of children who return to school, Nick speaks to a 15-year-old anti-bullying ambassador whose cousin committed suicide. He had one the other day. Do you remember there was a, there was a father on with Nick? Talking about the fact that his uh, young son had been bullied at school, including the bus driver, if you please, and said he just thought it was playground badinage. Whew. Plus, on the day that the Great Repeal Bill is debated in Parliament, Nick speaks to Theresa May's second-in-command, Damien Green. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. Um, I suspect it's going to be um, transgender schools and people wearing different uniforms. Also, this, this poor family, who've blown a bit of a fuse. They're an elderly couple, Rosemary and Donald Ferguson, and uh, they're lovely. He, he's 88, she's 82 so they've worked hard all their life and they've got a lovely window that uh, looks outside their house and they've got other houses over the road. Not now. Virgin Media have actually installed a huge box. I mean, it's 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 enormous. It, it seems to take up most of their window space. And it's these cabinets that they've put. Rosemary said they were never told the boxes to be placed directly outside their home, which is in East Renfrewshire, adding that we now have no outlook at all. She said we were never advised they were going to be here because apparently that's because they don't need special planning permission. They just stick them in. Anyway, Virgin Media says uh, says uh, bar head councillor Danny Devlin, uh, he wants them moved and relocated to a more suitable place. He said, Virgin Media are a law unto themselves. They'd actually and usually speak to the council about the installation of these boxes. However, in this case, they didn't. I mean, it's just bloomin' rudeness. This is an elderly couple. Virgin, here we go. This is, this is the statement from Virgin. The installation is part of their broadband expansion in Barhead. A spokeswoman said... The council was notified prior to Virgin Media installing the cabinets and the correct procedures were followed. They couldn't give a stuff about the people whose window space had been taken away. What, a, what, a, what an arrogant sort of result. Come on, Mr Branson, pull your finger out, get these boxes removed. You can do it, you can do it today. You can do it. I know he's a little bit busy with a hurricane at the moment, but I'm sure he can pick up a telephone and do something. You see these pictures in the paper today. This is really bad, bad PR for Virgin Media. This, this box is enormous. You know, we don't need any, but we did follow the correct procedures. I'd like to find out who you are, darling. Oh, dear me. Not good enough. Not good enough. However, a jobless therapist lived off his partner for nearly 30 years but tried to keep their half a million pound home after they split. Shane Turner told Malika Bushiba she was not entitled to any of the wealth tied up in the home in Twickenham, southwest London. Although the property was registered in his name, Miss Bushiba, a parenting coach, has met most of the mortgage payments. When they parted, casual worker Mr Turner insisted the mother of their grown-up son was simply a paying guest. After ruling that Mr Turner's version of the events was incredible, the judge awarded Miss Bushiba half the value of the house. Well done you. He said his evidence as a whole contains a series of improbable and implausible explanations which are inconsistent with the documents and other verifications. So, also, he has to pay her legal costs. There you go. She's uh, she's finally got it. She's got half that house. If he sells it, she gets half of it. So, good. He actually claimed that she was bullying and domineering. Doesn't make any difference. She's been paying the blooming mortgage. She gets half of it. All Let right. me be such a meanie. Just pay. Just pay. So much easier. Saves you faffing around, you know. Uh, Front page of the Daily Mail. Sarah Vine. I disagree with Reece Mogg on rape and abortion, but how I admire a man of real principle. He also doesn't recognise gay marriage or anything else. He tells everybody he's a staunch Catholic. I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. It could, be, it could be a tomato, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, rampant homophobia is not really a good thing. Apparently, it's something to do with his religion. Couldn't care less. Keep your mouth shut if you don't want to offend people. Uh, the doctors, half of them are under pressure. They want to close their list. They don't want to take on any more. Most, most doctors drink. Do you know that? That was they, they were top of the list, next to journalists, I believe, of people likely to become alcoholics. The reason being, they are under so much pressure. You have so much time with your doctor. From the moment you go in and close the door... Your time ticks away. You can't just sit there all day, woo, and um, and sort of just expect the uh, the doctor to sort of look after you, all the rest. You know, you just don't expect things like that, do you? I go in there. I'm in and out really quickly in the doctor. I go in and say, you know, I've got this and I've got that. I've got to go in there, actually, because you know what they're asking? I got a thing the other day. We're on to flu jabs again. Can I have another uh, another sort of needle stuck in my arm but actually it's good because I've not had flu or a cold for a couple of years I think the first year I was prone to getting throats sore throats stuff like that and in my business an absolute nightmare uh, and so this year I think I should be fine again don't want to get cold it's not good for my business at all the real reason this woman wants travellers to ruin her village this is a silly woman who's in a caravan And she's arguing with the with the planning and uh, other houses, she say, have been given planning permission, but she's not allowed to do it. So she said travellers can move in. So they've moved in loads of them. Uh, uh, They've actually been sort of clogging up the village. All these wagons turn up. um, And so presumably they'll stay there. Then they will fill her field with a load of old rubbish. And then then they'll move because that's what travellers do. They travel. That's the idea behind it. Anyway, so uh, she's in quite a few of the papers today. She's obviously, she doesn't care if it ruins the village. No, it'll just ruin your field, dear. It'll just ruin your field. People in the village obviously, you know, don't like you. You probably don't like the people in the village, so everybody's happy. And the council don't like you either because they've not granted planning permission. But she seems to have a, a, a reasonable case. Because everybody else has managed to get planning permission, except she hasn't. So she's living in a caravan at the moment on her site. So she's invited the travellers in. And, of course, they've turned up en masse. They've got them all over the place in the little It's in Cambridgeshire. It's supposed to be quite pretty, this village, but uh, overtaken by travellers and the mess. Because where's all the stuff going to go? Where's all the stuff going to go? They do fill up sites. Unless it's a permanent site. Unless she's allowing them to sort of... Where does all the rubbish go? Because that's what they do. They they make their, their money. They go round, they clear people's rubbish and then dump it. I know that. We've had it around our way. 500 tonnes of the stuff we've had. They moved on to a field in um, Hampton Court a short while ago, filled it all up with rubbish, and then just moved off. As I say, you know, they had it next to Costco. It happens all the time. You know, I'm all for, you know, being kind to people because they've sort of, they've got a hard life, although I don't kind of see it myself. And, uh, and then all this rubbish. Why should somebody blight the countryside? We've had travellers, haven't we, with this hospital where they've been allowed to park there. Everybody else has to pay for it. But the but the, uh, the hospital administrators are obviously a bit scared about travellers coming onto the uh, site. So they've, they've said they can stay there for free. <laughs> Come on, you're either going to have one rule or you're not. Nick Ferrari discussed it the other day. Daily Mirror. Corrie gets sixy. So six shows a week. And uh, very exciting. Uh, Tory... Uh, Mog, abortion is wrong even after rape. You get these people, don't you? They come up with all this sort of stuff, trying to preach to you to tell you how to run your life, and yet probably if their own life was examined, it wouldn't be uh, uh, bearing scrutiny. Gender-neutral rouse, school-banned skirts. Head brings in new uni- uniform policy to cater for a small number of transgender children. I don't know how many transgender children there are, but we seem to have we seem to be talking about it almost on a daily basis. You know, one time it was... Male, female, bisexuals, if you really want to Now we've got transgender. And then the other one was... What was the other one? Was it... uh, Ghost... ghost? Intersex. That's right, intersex. I'm getting confused by the whole... I don't know where I am in all this kind of thing. You know, and then you've got tree huggers. Where they fit into this, I don't know. Do they have sex with... I don't know. I really don't know. British celebs trapped in hell storm, say the Daily Star. Also, the Rooney car girl, Track Colleen. She's the oldest-looking 29-year-old you've ever seen up with a photographer the other day. They were taking pictures of her. And uh, she's left the job she had before, which was um, renting out property or something in an estate agent. And now she's doing something else. She'll probably be a celebrity on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I should imagine, because she sat in a car with Wayne Rooney. That makes you a celebrity nowadays. But as I say, if she's 29, I'm looking really good. Really good. Also a picture of Helen Flanagan. Luckily, we haven't had too many pictures of Helen Flanagan. We got a bit bored. They've probably got pictures of her that you can trot out in the newspapers for years and years and years and Cheryl Tweedy and Liam Payne's son Bear loves to sing at just five months old. no he doesn't they don't I'm sorry that five months old they don't sing okay a bit like Cheryl she doesn't sing really you know. Fight, fake fate fake 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 that's about all you get uh, so the um, the ham aid for young Philip Hammond revealing last night he will give a massive boost to hard up generation rent youngsters in his next budget. God, honestly, I was obviously born in the wrong time. And apparently you can pick up a, a free bar, nuts and more. I never get these things. We never seem to have these blooming shops. They go, oh, you pick it up from a one-stop. one, one stop. Where are they? I don't know where these places are. i can they do it easily? Pick it up from Marks and Spencer's. Free turkey for Christmas. That'd be a nice one, wouldn't it? I wouldn't mind a free turkey. I wouldn't mind a free anything, actually. Uh, the Guardian, uh, we'll come around to in a moment. Uh, plus, ban the bomb. Do you remember? I'm old enough to remember ban the bomb demonstrations in London And this is a story on why we need the anti-nuclear movement more than ever. Actually, today is about the only day that we haven't actually had a story of Kim Jong-un in the papers. I'm hoping it stays like that for a little while.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. John Maloney says, I can imagine Prince George spending all day going up to the other kids and saying, and what do you do? Yes, exactly. Well, of course, I mean, they are going to have, aren't they? I mean, there's so much material in this, but because he's a little child, you have to sort of err on the side of caution. But I mean, I, I, I'm, we will be seeing the pictures this morning and it will be talked about on the radio that he's sort of, he's sort of at his first school. Let's hope he doesn't have the, uh, the tantrum, the mother of all tantrums. That'd be good. Uh, Mike says, out of interest, any idea how much we're paying per term? I can tell you what we're paying. We're not paying for it. We do, well, as far as I know, we're not paying It's about 6000 a term. For, uh, for this little boy, because they're having mackerel for lunch, to be honest with you, they'd probably rather have sort of um, sort of turkey twizzlers and stuff like that I don't know what he eats at home, I mean, that's the one thing we don't, we know what they eat at banquets when uh, when Granny has a few people round to the house, but I've got no idea what uh, what William and Kate would do she, she goes, should we have fish fingers for tea because she's from an ordinary family, I use that term, you know, because they're not royal and so I'm assuming she's had, you know chips and and fish fingers and stuff like that, and burgers, and you know, vol events and stuff like that, you know, filled with sort of some cream cheese or something. I don't know. And um, so Harry is I mean, I'm sorry, Harry. Well, Harry, Harry's probably had many a late night kebab. How well, are you kebab tonight? Come on, Megan, get a kebab, get the blooming stuff on it. He'd like that as well. But uh, so I as far as I know, they're paying for it. As far as I know they're paying for it. Uh, Richard Branson, Steve, does not own Virgin Media. Yeah, we've just discovered he sold it four years ago, which is what he does with a lot of his things, doesn't he? He sort of, he has the brand. I think when he appears on something, then he gets paid for it. So it's sort of, it's keeping his face involved. But I think Liberty Global is a, an American company. So it's it's quite clever, actually. So that you, it's, it's like, you know, when you see, I can only liken it to funeral directors, And you see, you know, John Mason and Sons or something like that. That will be owned by an insurance company. But they keep the name to make you think you're dealing with a local company, a family business. But you're not. You're dealing with an insurance company. That's who 90% of funeral directors are owned by, insurance companies. And they own lots of them. Lots of them. Uh, Steve, I suffer from SAD, says Dave. Yeah, seasonal affected disorder. I remember when that first came to uh, to the public's attention. And I did a feature on LBC about these boxes you can get, these light boxes, where you sit in front of it and you absorb the light. They used to do it years ago for kids. Kids would sit there in their pants in front of a light box with goggles on because that made you feel a bit better. I mean, I, you know, you can get grey days. And he says, the clock's going back it can be devastating for me so much. I knew you need to, there you go, need to use the lamp that imitates the sun. Off to Lanzarote in October to stock up my vitamin D. Ooh, God so Grotti, hated it God wouldn't be going back there again in a hurry dreadful uh, Dave, another Dave, this one in, uh, in Charlwood says I like the idea of having a wash basin in the cubicle because it, it's nice you know to wash your bits he says in the basin people give you odd looks when you do it in front of them I, do, I don't know why why is it just women who would have a basin in there, why can't men have a basin <laughs> I want a vanity unit I shall have a word Yes, I think there's a strike coming on. Uh, Steve uh, says, Maria, we don't have an ice drink in Harlow. It was somewhere that looked like Harlow. Could be anywhere, couldn't it, really? I can't remember. I can see it now in my mind. Where the dickens is it? Oh, it'll come to me later. But uh, are you sure? Did you never have an ice drink? Uh, Allen was the strongest hurricane recorded in 1980. Uh, overall, Allen killed 290 people, left over $1.24 billion in damages. Or four billion in 2016 (sighs) dollars. That's a lot, isn't it? Mind you, America's suffered really badly at the moment, haven't they? With, you know, water everywhere in people's houses. And you look at the pictures of this, of the flooding and uh, all these... And you think, oh, dear, there but for the grace of God go we, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The Guardian this morning, Jacob Rees-Mogg, they say, a thoroughly modern bigot. And that's just exactly what he is. Uh, Also, uh, fake news. Sukai decries reports on... Is it uh, the violence of uh, sushi? Sorry? Su-ki. Chi. Right. What, K-Y-E is chi? Is it really? Lord above, honestly. I can't people spell properly nowadays. So confusing. But anyway, uh, they said there was an iceberg of misinformation. That's un- that's a new word we've had this year, isn't it? Fake news. That'll be the only year we've had fake news. We had the fake hit the diary some years ago. Uh, may God protect us all, the most powerful Atlantic hurricane ever making landfall. When you watch it on the computer and then you see and it comes in and you th- it's like watching a tsunami. You watch this little wave out at sea and you have no idea. Because if you watch the last big tsunami that we had, it's an earth tremor, isn't it? Under the sea, which forms this little wave, which builds and builds. And so by the time it gets to the to coming into land, it's you're dealing with something of monumental proportions. And this Atlantic hurricane, uh, which is called Irma, winds of 185 miles an hour, bearing down on the Caribbean islands, mass evacuations, warnings of mudslides, storm surges, flooding. You can't really even fly aeroplanes through this thing. This is way too dangerous. You know, people talking here because they've never seen it. If you've never seen a hurricane and you're caught up in the middle of it, you think, oh right, oh my God, this is, you know, ripped off buildings, roofs, houses collapsing, people trying to shelter from the wind. It's 185 miles an hour. It's really, really dangerous. And if you look at all, the, uh, at all the pictures, it's amazing as it crossed the Caribbean the other day, the storm, it's 480 miles wide and it gathers momentum. Gusts of up to, they say 225 miles an hour. It's the most powerful recorded in the Atlantic. I wonder where they come from. I don't know where... I can't, I can't remember watching a programme which explained to me, although there must have been one at some point, of, um, of sort of where where they start. I know where tsunamis come from, but I don't know where hurricanes come from. I'm assuming it's sort of... Is it um, cold temperatures, hot temperatures, cold temperatures, meeting and then forming? I mean, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. They, I mean, typically, I know it's, they are, it's over relatively warm water. Then the evaporation... Uh, of water from the ocean surface gives it energy which then recondenses into clouds and rain which then cool due to saturation and so it goes on so tropical cyclones are typically between 102,000 kilometers in diameter far less common south of the equator amazing isn't it because we know so little you can't do anything about them either you just have to wait till it it's like a twister isn't it until it burns itself out you have you have really no idea what to do, but it's it's going to cause absolute devastation. And I'm looking here as uh, Irma wreaks havoc uh, across the Caribbean. I mean, they are used to this kind of thing. Nothing as bad as this, though. Prince George's first day at school. He's going to be the most photographed little boy. By the time we get to tomorrow's papers, what will Kate make of the Southwest Eleven Mum Club? Well, she won't be going today because she's not well enough. Incidentally we haven't checked on the railway at the Postal Museum. I advised everybody yesterday do not go because it's not running. If we can save you the journey up to Mount Pleasant then uh, that can only be good news. So we're just having a quick check now to see if the little train is running. This is the mail train. I mean you have to pay for it and uh, a lot of people were very disappointed over two days when they didn't actually get to go on it because it was broken. So uh, Doug thinks the ice rink could have been in Romford I don't think it's Romford I've been to Romford on numerous occasions I'm pretty certain it's not Apparently, Chris Lowry says they start as thunderstorms over the west coast of Africa then they travel across the Atlantic I mean, I've, I've been in a typhoon but I've never been in a, in a tropical storm and this one does look absolutely appalling uh, Plus, universities face pay curbs Bake Off judge blames heating for weight woes Apparently, Prue-Leaf says central heating is contributing to Britain's growing obesity epidemic. Life mortgages for the retired, they may be about to become available. Good Lord, last thing you want to worry about, isn't it, really? And that, as they say, is it. I don't have any more time for you. The warm waters, says Chris, give them the energy and turn them into the hurricanes as they travel. You'd think by now we could have invented something. It means you could fire a rocket into it and it would disperse it or something like that. Uh, no update on the Postal museum site. If you have a ticket and they haven't contacted you, that should mean it's running. OK, we have just checked the site, but there's no update on it. So if you've got a ticket and they've not contacted you by email, it should mean it's running. But, you know, just to be on the safe side, give them a ring and go, is the railway, the postal railway running? Because then, it, you know, it's easier that way, save you being disappointed. Because kiddies want to go up there and they want to sit on a little tiny train. And it's, uh, it's quite good. We didn't get to do it either. It was broken on our day as well. Only just opened and already it's broken. Thank you for your company this morning. I'm very grateful. We'll do it again tomorrow morning. And uh, Lord knows what the day will bring. But I'm sure it'll be fascinating for just about every single one of you. Um, I don't even know what the weather... I've given up telling you what the weather is because every day it becomes overcast. And it's OK, says the producer. OK, you know. We're not qualified to do this. We just, we just look out the window and go, it's OK. Which is what we'll do. Go to the LBC website. Have a go for my, my radio, your free radio, on uh, lbc.co.uk. You can download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment with our LBC catch-up app uh, Back with you tomorrow morning, follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show, have a great day thank you for all your texts and emails this morning do it again tomorrow morning, leading Britain's conversation at 10 with Massachusetts Hour today from 12, it's James O'Brien but coming up next with Breakfast on LBC it's Nick Ferrari
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am